family cinema project at Luton Library Theatre, where the audience are free to sing along or wander around during the film. Maria Collins from the Bedford Borough branch of Home Instead Senior Care says abandoning the scheme is a bad idea. I think it's important that we don't forget that the individuals with um, uh, dementia, whatever type that is, also needs to be kept socially active. I think we should all be lobbying um, that we create these dementia-friendly communities. And in the next hour, Karen Harrison Denning from Dementia UK will be joining Ian Lee here on BBC Three Counties Radio. A £300,000 food waste recycling scheme starting in St Albans. But Lutonborough Council's just scrapped a similar scheme. Tony Fisher has the details. St Albans District Council says food caddies will be delivered to 50,000 homes as part of a drive to meet enhanced recycling targets. It wants to see household recycling across the district above 60% and to decrease the amount of waste going to landfill. Two weeks ago, Luton Borough Council ended its food waste collection scheme as not enough residents took it up. An official American intelligence report says North Korea may now be capable of fitting a nuclear warhead to a ballistic missile. But the Defence Intelligence Agency says the missiles are likely to be unreliable, while officials in Washington and South Korea insist it's wrong to suggest the North is capable of launching such a weapon. Here in computer games, which are free to download but offer players costly add-ons, will be investigated. It's to see if they're being unreasonably targeted at children. The Office of Fair Trading wants to see if young gamers are being unfairly pressured, potentially landing their parents with large bills. Sport then, and Andre Villas-Boas says his Tottenham players are heroes despite being knocked out at the Europa League on penalties. That's by Basel in Switzerland last night. Weather then, and there will be outbreaks of heavy rain in places, but brighter come the afternoon temperatures, 12 degrees Celsius. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio first for news. Good morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's just gone six. It's Friday the 12th of April. Fantastic. It's the freaking weekend, baby. I'm about to have me some fun. Not got anything planned. Tomorrow we're going to the garden centre. Very middle class. Sunday. Oh, Sunday. The boy's granddad said, can I borrow the, the oldest boy for a few hours on Sunday? What are you going to do with him? Oh, I just want to borrow him for a few hours. How mysterious. But how wonderful for the boy. How wonderful for me and his mum. We get a few hours to, I don't know, watch telly or something. Just, just do nothing. It's going to be awesome. I say do nothing, we'll have the baby with us, so it'll, it'll be quite hectic. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including... 2,000 people have no confidence in two councillors in Luton. They say they've not done enough to tackle prostitution in the area and the situation is getting worse. Well, it's a story we've been following very closely on this programme. We'll find out what they're planning to do today. And how keen are you to recycle your food waste? I'm a big recycler, I love it. The food... I'm not so bothered about. Do you bother to separate your potato peelings and your eggshells from the rest of your rubbish? Hundreds of thousands of pounds is being spent on a food recycling scheme in St Albans. And yet a similar scheme has been scrapped in Luton the other week. And also, it's looking very likely that Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead from The Wizard of Oz is going to be number one in the charts this week. The song's surging up the charts because of a campaign by critics of Lady Thatcher. Should the BBC play Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead? Lots of ways to get in touch. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Or, this is the best way, and you know this by now, 
you can give me a call. All of the lines are free. The top of the show is, is really the best time to give us a call. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, a petition signed by 2,000 people calling for a vote of no confidence in two councillors will be handed into Luton Town Hall today. Local residents in the Hightown area, Phil Roxana Whitaker and Andy Malcolm, who were elected in May 2011, have failed in their duties to tackle the problem of prostitution in the area. Well, it's a story that we at BBC Three Counties Radio have followed since residents came to us back in October last year. You see every kind of human dereliction that you could never believe was possible. We do feel like prisoners, and we don't feel like the police or the council care about us having to be prisoners. I feel like prey. I really am appalled. They are saying that they are trying to help the area, but on the other hand, they're part of it. Roxana Whitaker and Andy Malcolm are the councillors who represent Hightown. What are you going to do to stop it? Since we've been councillors back in May 2011, um, working with partners, the police, um, the council, um, anyone else that is able to help with that sort of thing. Don't read that, and don't read it. You're reading something. Why are you reading something? And we're committed to working... Um, Andy, what are you doing to stop the prostitution there? What I would say is you've got to take a broad and balanced approach and you've got to take an approach which actually solves the problem over a long-term period. Residents have spoken, Roxana, on uh, saying how can you work for the residents of the High Town on, on the issue of prostitution when you work for the charity in High Town that supports prostitutes with clothes and food? I don't see any conflict in those two roles. Do you not, really? Well, Ollie Martins is in the studio now. If you get caught curve crawling once, you will get friendly words of advice. If you get caught twice, there will be a letter going to your household that your wife might see that you are going to High Town looking for sex. And if you get caught three times, you will be prosecuted. Uh, and I went and knocked on doors in High Town and I listened to the residents. How many doors did you knock and on? What they, we not, the police how knocked, many doors did you knock on? The police knocked on all the doors. How many doors did you knock on? I can't remember how many doors Ten? I knocked on. 30? Something like that. 10. Look, it was a consultation exercise. Well, no, I'm just asking. You're making a big thing I about know. you knocked on doors. I'm just asking how many doors you knocked on. I don't know, about 10. Well, it's the first time ever today that a petition uh, f- the petition will be handed in voting for no confidence in Luton councillors. Our reporter, Justin Dealey, is in Hightown this morning. Morning, Justin. Hello, Ian. You answered, uh, well, you tried to, to get an answer on that question quite a few times, didn't you? How many times? Uh, how many doors? It just went on and on and on. I, I know. It was, I, I, you know, I felt very uncomfortable listening back to me haranguing people. <laughs> but but these people need to be held to account. Uh, where, for those who don't know, where exactly is Hightown? Well, some people have asked that. Well, well where is this area, which apparently to, to some is described as a war zone? Uh, it's the area directly behind Luton train station. I've been speaking to Shahzad Kadam. Now, he runs the convenience store on the Old Bedford Road. He's been collecting signatures. They have 2,000. Now, uh, that's from a population here of just under 10,000 residents. So, clearly, lots of passion here in this area. He says that people here in Hightown have simply had enough. Take a listen to this. Well, they, most people just, you know, a lot of people are just fed up, you know, so they're concerned, they're worried. They, you know, feel unsafe and, uh, you know, angry that two of our councillors, you know, have done nothing about it. And they, everyone's just so pleased that, you know, somebody's doing something about it. They're just saying to, you know, give us a sheet here. We want to sign it. We're, we're against prostitution in our area. We don't want it anymore. We don't want our councillors. They've done nothing for us. They're only thinking about themselves. They have no concerns. They've done nothing for the community at all regards to sorting this huge problem out. It's, it's not only uh, Hightown, all low areas of Luton 
councillors should be worried. If they're not going to do their duties for the constituency, they will get voted out. Lots of passion. Will you win? Will they go? They definitely got to go. You know, we'll, we, you know, the council have to take notice and they have to go. They should do the honourable thing and resign themselves. Uh, they're not going to, are they? Well, if, if they had, by, you know, they would have done by now. Mm. But, uh, you know, um, I don't think they, you know, they expected such a large amount of people coming together. I, th- I, I think they were too complacent. They were just sitting back. They were just quite happy, not bothering at all. You're supporting this. You're the convenience store here. Who else is supporting this locally? You know, whether it's the pub over the road, the English Rose pub, whether it's the hair beauty salon on Old Bedford Road, all businesses in Hightown, they're all supporting it. Everyone has signed and put up posters. And, you know, we're just, you know, amazed um, the amount of support we've had from the public. For anybody who knows nothing about Hightown, very briefly here, can you describe the average night in Hightown? It's, it's like coming out and, you know, coming into a, like a, a movie. When you see in the movies where they have the, uh, all the criminals out on the road and the people are trying to avoid the prostitutes, avoid the pimps, that's an average night. It's, it's like a war zone. People are afraid to even come out of their houses, to even come out of their cars just in case someone jumps in there and doesn't get out. I mean, just lastly, I was going to ask you about this anyway, because you did mention this before, about uh, this comparison to a war zone. Realistically, how can you compare Hightown and Luton to a war zone? You can't really make that comparison, can you? Come on. Has, has anyone been to a war zone before? I haven't personally, no. Well, it might not look like it, but the residents around here, they feel like it is. It's the feelings. It might not look like it, but when you've got certain, certain areas, certain paths or certain gardens or garages you'll see what sort of a zone it is. It's worse than a war zone. At least the war zone, it's, you know what to expect. But with this sort of um, disease, you know, the diseases and the littering and everything else associated with these criminals, you don't know what is out there, what diseases, you know, the condoms, the needles, everything else associated with it. It's, it's worse than a war zone. Every second you're out there, you're, you know, you're, you're risking your lives. Whereas a, a war zone... The actual army, the um, people who are out there, they, they're out there for a job. They do their job. They know what to expect. We don't know what to expect here. Justin, I, I do have mm. to ask you, you're, you're, you've seen it. Is mm. it w- really worse than a war zone? I mean, incredible words. Not to me, but then again, Ian, of course, um, something we mentioned together yesterday, that, that, that I don't live here. And, you, uh, and you've not here. been to a war zone? No, I haven't been to a war zone. I don't live here. I mean, in saying that, uh, just to back up something that a lot of people are saying, yep. I've been uh, approached by prostitutes twice in, in the last six months or so in this area, and we're talking here at seven o'clock in the morning. Wow. And we're also talking about myself being in a branded BBC vehicle. So, yep. so that's shows you the desperation. I've seen it myself here in Hightown. Justin Daly, uh, thank you very much indeed. We did get a statement on uh, this issue from the leader of Luton uh, Luton Borough Council, Hazel Simmons. She said, we are fully aware of the issues and have complete and total sympathy for all residents. What they are having to put up with at the current time is unacceptable. Well, later on in the show, we'll be speaking to some local residents in Hightown and Mike Garrett, leader of the Luton Conservative Group on Luton Borough Council. We were celebrating the magic of Gilbert O'Sullivan a couple of days ago. Should Should we have a full Gilbert song? Yes, we shall. Creeps. 
Gilbert O'Sullivan. I do like him, but I think he's a brilliant songwriter. Alone Again Naturally, one of the saddest songs of all time. He also wrote a song called A Woman's Place, which has the line I, I believe a woman's place is in the home. It's an amazing listen. But cracking bit of Gilbert O'Sullivan and get down. 08459 455 555. It's quarter past six. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam Glynn. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Ian. Good morning. Things looking quite good out there so far. A bit wet and miserable looking at the cameras, but uh, driving conditions seem to be okay and traffic levels are coping fine so far. We've got a problem on the A40 if you're heading as far as Oxford. In the weekly area, the A40 westbound is closed off because of a police incident. It's shut from the M40 at Junction 8 through to Weekly and that'll be affecting the spur off the M40 northbound as well. That's been shut since the early hours of this morning. It was a wider closure initially, but now only closed pretty much toward Oxford. Things across the rest of the three counties looking at the speed sensors moving absolutely fine, and no reported problems or delays on the trains. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Right, 6.16, Friday the 12th of April, I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A petition signed by 2,000 people calling for a vote of no confidence in its councillors will be handed into Luton Borough Council today. A leading dementia charity wants entertainment venues across the UK to be more inclusive. And in sport, Chelsea are the only British side left in the Europa League, despite losing 3-2 against Ruben Kazan. Weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, set to see wintry showers across many areas. Some bright or sunny intervals developing, although the cold breeze will continue. Maximum temperature, 8 degrees. Coming up, if you or a family member has dementia, learning difficulties or a disability, you may have felt reluctant to go to the cinema or to the theatre. 
Well, now the charity Dementia UK is calling for more entertainment venues to become more inclusive and consider the needs of others. We'll hear more before 6.30. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni with the best local news stories. I get to meet a lot of really interesting people with the most amazing stories. We feel as if we haven't been taken notice of. Yesterday we heard that the bank had gone, but today it's still there. The cat got delivered up in Kabul. You should be back in the UK in two months. With the best local talking points. Do some of the bakers have flapjack fights? No, of course not, Roberto. Well, not in our shops. (laughs) Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three. On BBC. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you or a family member has dementia, learning difficulties or a disability, you may have felt reluctant to go to the cinema or the theatre. And now the charity Dementia UK is calling for more entertainment venues to become more inclusive and consider the needs of others. The comments come following the end of a successful dementia-friendly cinema project at Luton Library Theatre. Members of the audience are free to sing along or wander around during the film. Our reporter, Sophie Solaria, went down to the Library Theatre in Luton for one of the last dementia-friendly screenings, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, you got tickets, oh, 
So breakfast at Breakfast at Tisney. Tispin. Tippenies. An old film like that, will it bring back the memories? Possibly. Possibly, yeah. yes. And was that one of your favourite films when you were younger? Not really, no, but, uh, you know. But, well, you uh, don't know this, Michael, but Doris Day is on here next week. Ooh. So that's apparently your favourite, so yes. Mrs Allen was telling me this morning. <laughs> yes, she is. How do you think it will um, benefit your friends? Well, I think long-term it's got to, because the fact they get out and mix with people and socialise, that's what it's all got to be about, hasn't it? You know, yes, it's the first one yeah, we've been to, so... All the old fogies like me and <laughs> all the others, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if it gets a bit much, you can get up and you can leave if you want. Yes. Yeah, well, I don't think we should want. No, I'm going to strap you down, aren't I? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Come on then, I like Audrey Hepburn, but I also haven't left my flat for about four months. So this is quite a big deal to come out today. Well, it is, yes. It is quite an effort. What does Breakfast at Tiffany remind you of? Yeah, I saw, saw a preview thing of it years and years ago. So we'll find out what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> so coming out and meeting new people is a, an experience. And it is, very much. Yeah, it's a good idea, actually, yeah. You're just obviously the general public. If they uh, need to get out, up and leave or if they sing along, will that worry you? No, no, I don't think so. I, I have worked with dementia people anyway before because I worked at the hospice and it does help them, doesn't it? In your experience, when you put on an old film for somebody with dementia, does that bring them back to life? Yeah, I think so. They get them to sing old songs that they remember and some of them will actually get up and they can remember all the words and things. So I think it does help a lot. I think I would be a bit irritated, quite honestly. <laughs> I think knowing it's a special showing for people like that, it would help to make them think I'd, I'd go if I knew it was. But we hadn't, we hadn't planned to come knowing it was. No. So you weren't aware? Specific, no, no, we weren't. No. It doesn't say? No. Does it annoy you that you found out? I suppose it does in a way. I'll move back a bit. Yes, I yeah. probably wouldn't have come if I'd have known. No. I'm sure these ladies here won't be very pleased either. Oh. A lady has just got up and left because she's realised it's uh, dementia friendly. If you've struggled with taking a, a relative or, or a friend to the cinema because uh, maybe they've got dementia or um, maybe they have some form of disability that, that perhaps means uh, they don't conform to the rules in the cinema of being quiet and sitting still, could you give me a call? 08459 455 555. Karen Harrison-Denning is from Dementia UK. Joins me now. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. Karen, what do you think of the idea of a dementia-friendly cinema? I think it's an excellent idea. Um, I think certainly in lots of uh, care homes or in different institutions, they have cinema days where they present films within that setting. But to actually get out into a live um, cinema, you know, it's got to be very valuable for a person. Why, why would it be so important for, for um, someone with dementia to, to be in an environment like that, do you think? Well, it's a, it's a normal environment to see a cinema film, isn't it? So... Um, the, the emphasis is very much to make uh, the whole of the community as where possible dementia friendly so I think to have a, a particular planned screening days for people with dementia or indeed anybody else with sort of cognitive impairment um, is, is a good step forward 
It's a, it's a shame that I hear it's closing. Well, I was going to ask you, this, is, uh, this project has, has run its course or is about to very, very soon, and, and with budget cuts elsewhere, other projects are being scrapped. What do you think about that? Well, I, th- I think that we... It is a, cinema, a paying cinema, so I understand that there is a fee paid. Whether that's subsidised or not, I'm not sure. But from what I understand, it was a, a, a fairly well-subscribed day, so surely it's not a... A, a loss. We heard as well a couple of um, people uh, leaving because they weren't happy with the arrangements, didn't realise that it was um, dementia friendly and that there might be you know, people walking around or perhaps talking a little louder than normal. I, I, is that reaction normal to people with dementia? I think it's sadly often one that we do come across um, a, a sort of an abhorrence or a, a sort of a negative reaction to people having dementia or, or simply based on a lack of understanding but in a way i can appreciate that if you go into a cinema to see a film then you want the darkness the silence and to be able to concentrate on the film so it probably should have been better publicized what about um, actual cinema cinemas and cinema chains holding special screenings we contacted view and cineworld and it's only the view in watford which has autism friendly screenings do you think big chains like that should be doing more i think they should explore it um I think that uh, certainly there was a, a piece in the media quite recently where a, a mother with a girl with Down syndrome was asked to leave a cinema because of behaviours that are tolerated in a special project like this. I think they'd need to probably decide or, or work out how much in demand it would be in a particular area. But I think it's a good step forward and it's... Um, it's quite innovative, really, of these two organisations to do it. Karen, thank you very much indeed. Karen Harrison-Denning from Dementia UK. Well, if you have a, a relative or a friend who has uh, some form of, in inverted commas, special needs, that, that kind of lazy phrase that, that covers a wide variety of conditions, be it Down syndrome or cerebral palsy or dementia, uh, how do you cope with taking them to the pictures or to a comedy night or to a theatre? What do you do? And have you been asked... To leave. I'm, I'm terribly sorry, but um, your friend's being a little bit noisy. We've had some complaints. Would you mind leaving? Uh, have you had that? I'd love to get your stories this morning. 08459 455 555. It's not something I've particularly dealt with. I've been to... Uh, my mum's in a wheelchair. I've mentioned this many, many times. Um, and uh, w- quite often we take her to concerts. Uh, but in Neil Diamond. Couldn't get tickets for Boob Late. Never mind. Um, and we are sat in the wheelchair section. And there are people with all varying forms of disabilities there. Some just they can't walk particularly well so they're in a wheelchair uh, and and some with some form of uh, motor d- disabilities that mean they can be quite noisy um and and make sudden movements doesn't bother us i think it might, might bother my mum a little bit actually to be honest don't, don't bother me in the slightest but i i could understand i suppose if you're in a theater or if you're d- d- watching a particularly dramatic scene in a film and someone gets up or someone shouts out I don't know. Have you come across it? Have you had to deal with it? 08459 455 555. You can also go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. And coming up soon, ding dong, the Wicked Witch is dead from the Wizard of Oz. It's looking very likely it's going to be number one in the charts, which means the BBC are probably going to play it on their pop chart show on Sunday nights. Is it still on Sunday night? Is it still Bruno Brooks? Or is, have we gone beyond that? Do you think the BBC should play Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead? It's number one, 
as a, a, a protest, a celebration, at Margaret Thatcher's death. Do you think, in the light of Margaret Thatcher's death, the BBC should be playing Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead? 08459 455555. Travel news now. Here's Adam Glynn. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good news if you're headed toward Oxford along the A40. Westbound, it's fully reopened now from the M40 through to Wheatley after a police incident through the early hours of the morning. In Fenny Stratford, there are still roadworks on the A5 at the Little Chef roundabout. Indeed, they're doing works on all of the approaches to that roundabout while they do some work to add traffic lights to the junction. In Bedford, St John Street has works. It's part of the A6 and those works are near to Ropewalk and London Road. And you'll find some temporary lights up in Little Chalfont at the minute along Cokes Lane works near to the Cokes Farm Lane. Everything generally is looking pretty good. It's wet and miserable. Everything's moving okay on the M25, the M40 and the M1 though. And on the trains, things are looking pretty decent with no reported problems. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. 6.30, time for the news and sport now with Serena Farrow. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. A petition signed by 2,000 people calling for a vote of no confidence in its councillors will be handed into Luton Borough Council later on. A 62-year-old man arrested in connection with an attempted kidnap of a Milton Keynes girl has been released on police bail. An elderly woman who was indecently assaulted in her Houghton Regis home last month has now died. And a £300,000 food waste recycling scheme is starting in St Albans. That's the news. Now let's move on to all the morning sport. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Salute and town are without club captain Ronnie Henry for tonight's home match against Grimsby in the conference. Henry went in for a hernia operation yesterday. Solomon Tayo is set to return to the team. Defender Scott Griffiths made his first start for Luton on Tuesday and was impressed with the home support. When we need them behind us, there's a lot of there's a lot of fans there to actually to back us up and if they if they like all put their minds to it, if they actually really get together and just on, I, you know, it's it's like having a twelfth player. Looking ahead to tomorrow, and around four thousand Watford fans are expected to travel to their vital championship match at Peterborough. There'll be no pay on the gate, though. The Hornets are three points off an automatic promotion place with five games remaining. So, does manager Gianfranco Zola believe they can claim a crucial two spot, which will secure promotion? The team will uh, will give everything. Uh, will will do well. Uh, whether it's going to be enough or not, we don't know because obviously. We have to see what uh, Al is going to be able to do that in the in the in the last five games. But uh, I'm sure my team will uh, will do will play. I will give it a, will give it a, the best shot. MK Dons also have a vital match in League One. The Dons are at Leighton Orient, four points off the playoffs with only four games to go. So that's local sport. Let's have a look of last night then in the Europa League. Chelsea are the only British side left in Europe this season. It's after both Tottenham and Newcastle were knocked out. Basel beat Spurs in a penalty shootout to reach the semi-finals. BBC Three Counties Radio, there'll be more from me at seven. Go on, give us another Gianfranco Zola. Gianfranco Zola. <laughs> He's not French! I know. I can't say it any other way. Okay. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. The way you say it, Serena, is wonderful and I wouldn't have it any other way. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Do you bother to recycle your food waste? I, I'm, I'm good at recycling. I'm, I'm good at putting stuff... We don't have to separate stuff into glass and plastic. We can all just put it in the recycling bin where we are. 
I don't bother with the food. I, it just seems a hassle to scrape your scrap ends into that little box. Well, hundreds of thousands of pounds is being spent on a food recycling scheme in St Albans. And yet a similar scheme has been scrapped in Luton. Food recycling, 08459 455 555. It's Friday. And that means I get to speak to my adopted Nanny Island. And she's going to be reviewing this uh, latest BBC introducing track, uh, As Elephants Are. They're from Aylesbury. And their song is called Youth Blood. Oh, dear. It's got a very uh, a very aggressive tone. That's all coming up before that. A little bit of Nora Jones. You can give me a call. 08459 455 555. Do you bother recycling your food? It's just a faff, isn't it? What do, what do they do with it? page of some of the newspapers today. Where is it? Let's have a look. It's on the Telegraph. BBC Chief refuses to ban Thatcher death song. Uh, it's in the sun as well somewhere. It's on the front page of the Daily Mail. Uh, corporation to play single driven up the charts by Thatcher haters. BBC, which song insult to Maggie? Three days before the funeral of Baroness Thatcher, the BBC plans to play the song Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead on national radio. A campaign by left-wing agitators has caused the song from The Wizard of Oz to rise to number four in the midweek pop charts. Well, what do you think? Should they play it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Shirley's from Milton Keynes. Shirley, what do you think? I think it's despicable, absolutely despicable. I really do, and it should not be played. Why? I think it shows a great lack of respect 
at the end of the day, her family are grieving. How would, how would any of those people feel if someone played something like that if one of their parents had died and they were grieving? How would they feel then? You, one could argue that, that Margaret Thatcher, she wasn't just a mother or a grandmother, though, was she? She was no. one of the most divisive political figures of the last 70 years. Yeah, she was. OK, she did some things wrong, but she did a lot of things right as well. And, and I, I just think it shows a great lack of respect. I really do. And you th- so you think the BBC, you shouldn't play it, they should no, be censored? No, they shouldn't play it. OK, no. Shirley, thank you very much indeed. Shirley from Milton Keynes, very strong views on that. What do you think? Should the BBC play it? 08459 455 555. Now, have you got one of those food recycling bins and do you bother to use it? Well, a £300,000 food waste recycling scheme is starting in St Albans. It comes as Luton Borough Council has just scrapped a similar scheme because not enough people took it up. So why do councils have different waste policies and should there be one universal collection system? Dr Stephen Burnley is a senior lecturer at the Open University in Milton Keynes and is an expert in waste management. Good morning, Doctor. Oh, good morning to you, Ian. Do, do, do people bother with the, the, the food recycling? If I'm completely honest, I recycle... My, my glass and my plastic and my cardboard, I don't bother with the food recycling. Yes, that's a, a very good question indeed, Ian. Um, you, you may know the government has set a target for us to recycle half our domestic waste. And in order to do that, um, a, lo- a lot of waste is food waste, so uh, it may be necessary in some areas to collect it if you wish to meet the target. But the other question uh, you're asking is, is it worthwhile other than that? It's, uh, it's a difficult one. Um, essentially, food waste can be collected and taken away and digested to produce energy, which on the face of it is a good thing. But unless you're very careful, you don't produce a huge amount of energy because about, um, 25% of, uh, sorry, about 60% of food waste is just water. Mm. So you may end up setting up a collection system to send dust carts around, in effect, to collect water from people's houses, uh, which isn't a very good idea. So, so you do have to be careful how much you collect and how you do it. Well, how, how efficient a system is it, then? It doesn't sound particularly efficient. Um, again, that very much depends on what sort of area you, uh, you're talking about. In, in some places where people are very keen to recycle, um, where people live in a particular house for a long time and get to know the system, and where the council is supportive in terms of providing information, you can collect quite a lot. On the other hand, there are other areas where people are have, uh, shall we say, more important things to worry about than recycling. For example, have they got a job? Uh, perhaps it's an area where people come and live for a short while, then go away, so they don't get used to the scheme. And in those areas, uh, collection rates do tend to be lower. Recycling is often viewed, isn't it, as a, as a terribly nice middle-class thing to do. Oh, I, I'm saving the planet, darling. Is, is that what you're saying? Um, that's certainly part of it. Um, uh, it, it is generally the better of people who, who recycle more. But on the other hand, they do have a good point. Um, recycling can save a lot of energy, a lot of materials, and very importantly, it takes waste away from landfill sites where it can spend 
is possibly centuries decomposing. Do, does it? Does any of the, the, the stuff that I'm recycling end up in, in landfill? I'm always slightly suspicious that, it, that you know they're putting it in a, in a shiny van, but actually it's going to go to the same place as the general household waste. Um, very little of it ends up in landfill once it's collected. A small amount will, perhaps if things are contaminated, if by mistake somebody puts something in the wrong box, perhaps. But by and large, once it ends up in your recycling box, it will end up being recycled. And finally, Doctor, £300,000 it's costing uh, St Albans to uh, get these recycling bins. It's just been scrapped a few weeks ago in Luton. Is £300,000, is that a good investment, do you think? Oh, that's, that's almost a question for the politicians. The government has recently made money available for uh, councils to collect uh, food waste separately, and perhaps that's where St Albans are getting their money from. However, you could make a very good argument to say that in a lot of areas where recently they're, they're switching off some of the streetlights at night, it might be better to have more streetlights and collect waste for, for, for digestion or recycling. But I mean, that's why we have politicians to take those decisions for us. Dr Stephen Burnley, a senior lecturer at the Open University of Milton Keynes, thank you very much indeed. Do you bother recycling your food? Uh, Patton Hemel says, you need to recycle your food waste into your own composter and then spend time with your son growing your own food. You don't need a lot of space. We grow potatoes in bags. Oh, no, I'm not doing that, Pat. I tried to grow food before. It was an absolute disaster. I got soggy potatoes. Oh, the the, um, tomatoes didn't grow. It was a nightmare. No, no, no. They sell food in supermarkets these days. Paperback writers.
6.45, here's the travel news now with Adam Glynn. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. And at the moment, no delays on the roads. Things are looking fine. We've got things running clearly on the motorways. The M40 is looking good as you get in toward London. Even onto the M25 on the slip road. Usual spot for a queue is looking fine for the time being. Speaking of the M25, that's running all right through the roadworks. And on the trains, we've got a good service. You might have a bit of a delay if you're heading in toward London to catch the tube. Piccadilly line reporting minor delays westbound because of a signal failure at Green Park. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Right, 6.46. It's Friday the 12th of April. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People in Luton's high town will today hand in a petition saying their councillors aren't doing enough to tackle the problem of prostitution in the area. A 62-year-old man arrested in connection with an attempted kidnap of a Milton Keynes girl has been released on police bail. And in sport, Chelsea are the only British side left in the Europa League after both Tottenham and Newcastle were knocked out last night. Coming up before 7am, the highlight of my week, I get to speak to my adopted nanny Eileen. Love it. We'll find out what she's been up to and what she makes of our BBC introducing track. But before that, it's the weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you, Ian. And I thought I was the highlight of your week. Never mind. Uh, no, um, no, but we did hear a little, ooh, just before you started there. I don't know if that was intentional or... No? OK. Sorry, I must learn to shut up. Anyway, we've got some uh, pretty hefty showers just pushing the way eastwards at the moment. If, you, if you're under one, you'll certainly know about it. Some very um, colourful um, colourful colours on my radar at the moment. We've got pinks, yellows, greens, everything. Um, this um, just uh, signifying how heavy they are. Now, we could see some surface water spray of course um, from some of these showers they're not particularly slow moving that's going to uh, that's going to happen later on in the day though these showers will push their way eastwards there will be more showers springing up here and there across the three counties as we head into the late morning first part of the afternoon and some of these could be heavy thundery in nature we could even see a bit of hail perhaps it's all terribly exciting for us weather forecasters there could be quite slow moving too into this evening's rush hour so possibly 10 to 15 millimeters of an hour of rain falling from these so you know causing some pretty tricky driving conditions I'd say there will be some brightness and some sunshine in between and in the brightness and sunshine temperatures nicely up to 10 or 11 degrees Celsius in Milton Keynes and Stevenage and in Aylesbury as well so it's not looking too bad but you are in for a bit of a drenching I think if you even set foot outside at any point today. Now if we as we get into this evening and overnight the showers will gently die away, a dry night, a colder night, temperatures down to 3 or 4 degrees some mist patches into tomorrow morning and then tomorrow we will see some light rain spread up from the south, it will turn quite windy at times too. Highs of 11 degrees Celsius. Sunday the better looking day because it will be dry but it will also be quite cloudy as well. We'll see some hazy sunshine at times. Temperatures up to 15 or 16 degrees Celsius. Go and enjoy your colourful colours. Tackling your consumer problems. On BBC Three Counties Radio. My son took it to, back to the, the garage. The mechanic says, yeah, I know what it is. So they took it in, done what they had to do, and the car was still the same, still doing the same thing. The JVS Show. Fighting for your rights. The long and short of it is, he agreed that he would replace the car. If you have a consumer problem, we can do the same for you. I'd like to thank you and your team for everything you've done. We wouldn't have got where we got without you. It's a pleasure. I'm going to call that a result. Any other problems, you know where I am, Stuart. 
The JVS Show. Fighting for your rights. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nanny Eileen's coming up soon. Love it. A highlight of my week. But before that, front page of a lot of the newspapers, BBC Witch Song, Insult to Maggie. Uh, It says the Daily Mail, three days before the funeral of Baroness Thatcher. The BBC plans to play the song Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead on National Radio. There's a campaign to get it to number one. I think it's about number ten at the moment. Looks like it's heading up to number one. Well, should the BBC play it, or should they be censored? Billy's from Milton Keynes. Good morning, Billy. Morning. Billy, what do you think? Should the BBC play Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead? Yes, I think they should. After all, it's a song. Uh, That's all it is. It's just a song. And to my mind, the, the powers that be should be using this as a barometer if the people are voting for this, it shows the true feelings for Thatcher. The BBC have banned um, songs with a political overtone before. Famously, of course, the Sex Pistols' God Save the Queen was banned in the Jubilee year. <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 I don't believe in it, this sort of censorship. Uh, it's, uh, I, I don't explain myself. Uh, but, yeah, the press are, are hyping this up and calling anybody that dislikes Thatcher uh, a, a Marxist, a, a leftist. She she did a lot of damage in this country, an awful lot of damage, and people remember that. They don't remember the good times like the the, uh, the Tories remember, you know, the, the rich people remember, because they got richer. It's the ordinary working people, and they hated her. Billy, from Milton Keynes, we'll end it there, because trying to squeeze in a bit more. Thank you very much indeed. Well, what do you think, dear listener? Should the BBC play Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead? D- D- Billy makes a point there that, that if, a lot of the papers, if you dare to criticise Thatcher, you are described, I'm not seeing the word Marxist, but... Um, the Mail uses the phrase left-wing agitators. Well, Justin Dealey is out and about. Justin, you've been getting opinion on this, haven't you? Yes, uh, lots of opinions coming in already. I'm live in St Albans. A moment ago, I spoke to Molly. Molly has downloaded this song, and I asked her why. Basically, I've always grown up with my parents talking about Margaret Thatcher and about how she ruined Britain, as it was, um, for the working class. My family are working class. We work every day of our lives and barely make it anywhere, so... I think I'm just kind of happy that she's gone. So your parents are saying that, but yeah. but you specifically, what do you know about Margaret Thatcher, if anything at all? Because that's the point, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. You're you're buying this song, but you know nothing about her. I basically I know what I've been told and what I've seen. I know she did a lot of good things, or well, she thought she did a lot of good things with the. Oh, I'm trying to remember everything. It's not good uh, this early in the morning, anyway. Um, just last year, let, let me ask you this. Are you almost embarrassed that, that you're celebrating somebody's death? Um, yes and no. I would never openly go about saying how much I hate her because of her family and things like that, but I think everyone's allowed their private opinion on anyone, basically. Yeah. I mean, everyone was glad when Hitler died. Everyone was glad when Saddam Hussein died. You can't stop people being glad when people that have done things that have impacted others in a negative way are dead. You can't always help the way you feel about things like that. A lot of people are very unhappy about the BBC playing this, if it is number one, this Sunday. Should the BBC play this record? Yes. Uh, freedom of speech, freedom of rights, everything. Yeah, if you, they want to play it, then they play it. There you go. Make of that what you want. Well, can, I just, Molly. can I just say, Justin, I, I wasn't particularly um, glad when Saddam Hussein died, mm-hmm. especially not the way that he died. I thought it was it was a, a, a horrible, vicious circus. Anyway, going off on a slight uh, tangent there. At work experience, Ollie made an interesting point. A lot of the people that seem to be celebrating Thatcher's death 
are all under sort of 25, 30. They weren't really around when yeah, she was in power. Absolutely. You heard there from Molly. Uh, what, what do you know about Margaret Thatcher? Um, I can't really remember. Um, as I said, make of that what you want to. But uh, Molly has downloaded this song and it's expected to be number one on the UK charts this Sunday. Justin Daly, thank you very much. What do you think? 08459 455 555. Should the BBC play Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead? Ah, here's the highlight of my week. BBC introducing, that's not the highlight of my week, although it's certainly in the top 20 moments of radio coverage. Uh, BBC introducing supports the unsigned, undiscovered and upcoming musicians from the three counties. If you're in a band, you're a DJ or a pop singer and you want to get your music played, then uh, go to bbc.co.uk forward slash introducing. And each week we have my adopted nanny, Nanny Eileen. Good morning, Nanny Eileen. Good morning, Ian. It generally and genuinely is the highlight of my week getting to speak to you. Oh, bless you. You're so... You're so... I, I, listen, I, I, you may not have noticed this. I'm quite a dour person. I'm, I'm quite depressed. I'm quite lazy. I, 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 I don't believe that. No, it's true. Oh, it's true. But uh, you, you're so full of life. <laughs> and it's infectious and contagious in a good way. Thank you. You can't get a cream for this and I wouldn't want one. <laughs> what have you been up to this week, Nanny Eileen? Um, well, not a terrible lot because... Um uh, the weather was uh, turned again, didn't it? Yeah. Um, but I did do a load of gardening last weekend, maybe mm. a bit too much. Went to Royston um, walking with the greyhounds on Wednesday. Sun shone. It was brilliant. Yeah, well, it has been a lot of sun. It's, been, it's still been a bit chilly, but when that sun comes out, well, it almost makes you think that it's, well, it might be spring or something. Yeah, well, it gives you that sort of false feeling doesn't yes. it <laughs> never mind now nanny island listen we're gonna yes. we're gonna go straight into this track so we're running out of time ever so slightly it's yes, um yes. called it's called youth blood Ooh, dear. oh brilliant oh uh, it's by as elephants are from aylesbury should we have a listen yes please here we go look oh look oh what we are battered up bruised and covered in scars blood of ours the stains our skin so young so young and covered in sin look oh look oh what we By As Elephants Are. Nanny Eileen. Yes. <coughs> yes. <clears throat> yes. What did you think? Um, well, if I was hearing the words correctly, yes. 
um, it, it had rather a sad undercurrent, undertone. Yeah. Yeah. But the music and the voice were, were excellent. Did you, did you think the music and the voice were excellent? Yes, I enjoyed the, the music and the rhythm. I, I loved the rhythm. Well, you're you're into your drumming, aren't you? And there was yes. there was definitely drumming in that. Yes, very much so. Uh, but yes, the, the 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 lyrics maybe were a little bit um, um mm. solemn and sad. I thought. Yeah, well, yeah but we've I don't want to die. No, I don't <laughs> want to die. Alive. Not yeah. I want to. But it does seem to be. We've talked about this before. A lot of these young acts really are um, t- tapping into a depressive yes. stream, aren't they? Yes, they are. And I think you can feed that depression. Yep. Yes. We should be out celebrating life. Why don't we, we don't get um we want fun songs like um Don't Blame It on the Boogie. Yes. Super Trooper. Yes, yes, yes. Stuff that's all we want. Come on, kids, do 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 a fun song like Don't Blame It on the Boogie. Yes. What yes. are you up to this weekend? Are you gonna be watching the uh, uh, Formula One? Uh, oh yes, of course. But tomorrow, um I hopefully just, um I don't care if it snows, it probably will. Um we'll be at pets at home. Um, and Letchworth collecting for Greyhound Rescue West of England. Oh, fantastic. So that is going to be good. So, so you're going to be at Pets at Home in Letchworth? Yes. Uh, w- w- what time are you going to be um, there? From 10 till 4. OK. And if you go if you go along, dear listener, what are, you, are you shaking boxes and things? Or uh, we, we're not allowed to shake oh. them. No, you're not but allowed to shake, are you? You've got to hold you them. come and stroke and meet our beautiful dogs. I thought you were going to say, come and stroke you. Don't stroke Nanny Island. <laughs> go and meet Nanny Island. Go and meet her dogs. Where, where are your pets... Pets at home. Pets at home in Letchworth. Go, yes. go and put a few quid in a in a, a box and <laughs> um, steady. Oh, not uh, just me. There's lots of lovely people there with their dogs. Fantastic. Nelly Island, have a lovely weekend. Thank I wish you. you lots of luck. hope you make loads of money. Thank you very much. Speak to you later on. 08459 455 555 if you want to take part in the show. That was fun, wasn't it? Right. Travel news now. Adam Glynn. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. And things are still looking rather good so far this morning. We've had no accidents or incidents reported, which means that if you're heading for any of the major routes, they are running by and large fine. M25's got a little bit of a delay. Heavy traffic starting to build anti-clockwise between Watford and Chorley Wood, so from Junction 19 through to 18. And if you're going in toward London on the A1, Boreham Wood, it's starting to look busy southbound between the Holiday Inn Junction and the A41 at Mill Hill. Roadwork's still ongoing in Great Missenden. The Martins End Lane on the westbound side has temporary traffic lights for works between Upper Hollis and Broomfield Hill, but I'm looking at the speed sensors around there, not causing any delays yet. Trains right across the three counties running without problems. If you're heading for London, though, the tubes. Piccadilly Line has severe delays westbound because of a signal failure at Green Park. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. On the subject of should the BBC play Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead, Scott tweeted, of course they should play it. Where are we? North Korea? Here's the news with Serena. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines. Petition handed into Luton Borough Council. Dementia-friendly cinema goes down a storm. A new foodway scheme starts up. BBC Three Counties Radio. People in Luton's High Town will today hand in a petition saying their councillors just aren't doing enough to tackle the problem of prostitution in their area. 2,000 people have signed it. While Shazad Kadam, who owns a nearby convenience store, says it's good news that action's now been taken. Well, they, most people just, you know, a lot of people are just fed up, you know, so they're concerned, they're worried, they, they you know, feel unsafe and, uh, you know, angry that 
two of our councillors have, you know, have done nothing about it. And they, everyone's just so pleased that, you know, somebody's doing something about it. The council say they're fully aware of the issues and what they're having to put up with at the current time is unacceptable. We'll stay listening as we'll be finding out exactly how unbearable it all is when resident Matt Ryan will be speaking to Ian Lee here on BBC Three Counties Radio straight after this bulletin. In other news, a 62-year-old man arrested in connection with an attempted kidnap of a Milton Keynes girl has been released on police bail. The man from London will return to the police station in Milton Keynes in May. Follows an incident in Lanzarote back in January last year when the three-year-old was led away from her family in a shopping centre. Now more than 50,000 households in St Albans are being sent a new bin for food waste. It's part of a campaign to get people in the city to recycle 60% of their rubbish. But the scheme's being launched just two weeks after Lutonborough Council scrapped its own food waste scheme because not enough people were using it. Dementia UK has told BBC Three Counties that provisions need to be made at entertainment venues so people are more tolerant of people with dementia. There's been a successful dementia-friendly cinema project at Luton Library Theatre where the audience are free to sing along or even wander around during the film, but that's now come to an end. Karen Harrison-Denning is from the charity. She says getting out and about helps with their social skills. It's a normal environment to see a cinema film. The emphasis is very much to make the whole of the community is where possible dementia friendly so i have a, a particular planned screening days for people with dementia or indeed anybody else with sort of cognitive impairment is a good step forward and an elderly woman who was indecently assaulted in a Houghton Regis home last month has died. The 81-year-old passed away just nine days after the attack. 40-year-old Darren Emerson from Parkside Drive has pleaded guilty to sexual assault. Let's turn to the sport then. Andre Villas-Boas says his Tottenham players are heroes. That's despite being knocked out of the Europa League on penalties by Basel in Switzerland last night. Weather then, and there will be outbreaks of rain quite heavy in places. Brighter afternoon though, temperatures into double figures. 12 degrees Celsius. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio first for news. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. If you missed the first hour, oh, it was cracking. Lots and lots of stuff in there. We'll see if we can cram as much into this hour, shall we? <clears throat> Including me clearing my throat. 2,000 people have no confidence in two councillors in Luton. They say they've not done enough to tackle prostitution in the area and the situation is getting worse. Well, it's a story we've been following very closely on this programme. I'll speak to the leader of the Conservative group to find out what he thinks should happen. We'll also look at why the charity Dementia UK wants cinemas and theatres to become more inclusive and consider the needs of others. If you've been to the cinema or the theatre and there's been someone with some form of disability, but whether it's dementia or, or cerebral palsy or something that makes them perhaps a little bit noisier than you should be in these environments, how did you react? Did you complain? And if you've got a friend or relative who suffers from something like this, how do you cope with taking them to the cinema? And should the BBC play Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead? The song is surging up the charts because of a campaign by critics of Lady Thatcher. Some people say it's insensitive. Some people say, well, it's just a song. Free speech, bit of fun. Lots of ways to get in touch. You can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Best way, though, of course, is to give me a call. 08459 455 555. I will tolerate texts. If you're in a bit of a rush, 81333, start your text 3CR and include your name. 
BBC Three Counties Radio. A petition signed by 2,000 people calling for a vote of no confidence in two councillors will be handed into Luton Town Hall today. Local residents in the Hightown area, Phil Roxana Whitaker and Andy Malcolm, who were elected in May 2011, have failed in their duties to tackle the problem of prostitution in the area. Well, it's a story we've followed since residents came to us back in October last year. You see every kind of human dereliction that you could never believe was possible. We do feel like prisoners, and we don't feel like the police or the council care about us having to be prisoners. I feel like prey. I really am appalled. They are saying that they are trying to help the area, but on the other hand, they're part of it. Roxana Whitaker and Andy Malcolm are the councillors who represent Hightown. What are you going to do to stop it? Since we've been councillors back in May 2011, um, working with partners, the police, um, the council, um, anyone else that is able to help with that sort of thing. Don't read that, and don't read it, you're reading something. Why are you reading something? And we're committed to working... Um, Andy, what are you doing to stop the prostitution there? What I would say is you've got to take a broad and balanced approach and you've got to take an approach which actually solves the problem over a long-term period. Residents have spoken, Roxana, uh, on uh, saying how can you work for the residents of the High Town on, on the issue of prostitution when you work for the charity in High Town that supports prostitutes with clothes and food? I don't see any conflict in those two roles. Do you not, really? Well, Ollie Martins is in the studio now. If you get caught curve crawling once, you will get friendly words of advice. If you get caught twice, there will be a letter going to your household that your wife might see that you are going to High Town looking for sex. And if you get caught three times, you will be prosecuted. Uh, and I went and knocked on doors in High Town and I listened to the residents. How many doors did you knock and on? What they, we not, the police how knocked, many doors did you knock on? The police knocked on all the doors. How many doors did you knock on? I can't remember how many doors Ten? I knocked on. 30? Something like that. 10. Look, it was a consultation exercise. Well, no, I'm just asking. You're making a big thing I about know. you knocked on doors. I'm just asking how many doors you knocked on. I don't know, about 10. Well, Matt Ryan is a resident in Hightown and has lived there for over 60 years. Morning, Matt. Good morning. Matt, what's it like living in Hightown? Uh, it's not very good at all with all this activity going on. T- tell me what kind of stuff is going on and stuff you've seen. Well, it's more or less a nightly thing that uh, you see prostitutes out working. It's, um, it's been continuous now for about 15, 20 years. And how does that make you feel, seeing that stuff, or seeing these, these women working outside your house and, and in your street and in your area? Well, Ian, it's not a residential area, is it, when that's going on? It's just, um, it's appalling, really, for family life. You've been speaking to the council and police for over 10 years on this issue. It, it would seem that their long-term strategy isn't working for you. Not at all. Not at all. It's not working at all. I mean, how long have we got to live, with, you know, working with the police and the partners and so forth? It's just not working. What have you done yourself? How have you been proactive to, to try and get things changed? Well, as you know, um, just recently we've been uh, right, uh, doing a petition uh, for um, Hazel Simmons to uh, look over. Um and apart from in the past, we've um, um, been working with the police. Um, there's not much we can do, is there? Have you have you tried collecting number plates of the gentleman that? Um, oh, many of us have tried that. My yeah. eyes aren't that quick. Yeah, many of us have tried that. Yes. And what happened? Well, I were the police interested with the number plates you gave them? I don't think so. 
Matt, listen, thank you very much indeed. Matt Ryan, resident in, uh, in Hightown. Well, we're joined now by Mike Garrett, is the leader of the Conservative Group on Luton Borough Council. Morning, Mike. Good morning. Mike, is, this is the first time, I believe, ever that a petition has been handed in for a vote of no, con- uh, no confidence in councillors. What could happen to them? Uh, I don't think there's an awful lot can happen to them. Um, you're right, I've never known it happen in all the years that I've served on Luton Borough Council. Um, they can be reprimanded. The party, the Labour Party, could reprimand them, but I don't think they can actually be sacked from their job. But that's not the solution. The solution is is resolving the problem for the residents. I had this problem in the Corley Green area and also in Brook Street area in the 1980s when I was chairman of Environmental Services Committee. And what we did at the time, in conjunction with the police and the council, we actually put barriers up, and they were locked at 7 o'clock each night, none locked at 7 o'clock in the morning, to stop the curb callers doing a circular route. Now, I don't think that's actually possible to do that in Hightown. But what needs to be done, and it's got to be a joint action between the council and the police, and all those parties concerned, they need... to bring in some form of zero tolerance as far as this is concerned. And and how exactly would that work in your eyes? What would happen is that the police have got to treat this a lot more seriously than they seem to be at the moment. And the other thing, of course, that happened in the past is that we find these on the first events. If you were caught curb calling or prostitutes, then you were fined heavily. It ranged between three and five hundred pound the first time you got caught. Wow, that is, that is a big fine, isn't it? It is a big fine. And are the council uh, people uh, coming uh, down, young girls coming down from Coventry, Leicester, and Birmingham on a daily basis, and and using the the Old Bedford Road, New Bedford Road area, and the courts were finding them that sort of money. Now you can't go to prison for prostitution. But you could, in those days, go to prison for non-payment of fines. And the police and drove the... those people, those girls, away from Luton. Well, Mike, what, we didn't Mike, resolve it. Mike, what do you think about um, the PCC, uh, Ollie Martins, saying that, that, that it's kind of like a three-tiered approach? The first time, they just get a, a warning. Uh, then I think the second time, they get a letter home. Then the third time, they get a fine. Or maybe I got those last two the wrong way around. But do you, you obviously don't think that that's good enough. Of course it's not good enough. No, because you know, the trouble is, we've got too soft. We've got too soft with all sorts of crime. I'm, a, I'm not a magistrate now. I had to retire uh, last year. Um, um, it seems to be that we, we've gone too soft and we need to bring back um, a, stronger, a stronger way to deal with prostitution. It can be done. It's been done in other areas. and We could do it here. But it needs to be a joint effort between the council and the police and the public. I mean, I don't know, I've not been involved with this, not in the Hightown area, but I would never be allowed to get that away with this in, um, in Eatfield, where I represent. I'd have the residents knocking my door on my doorstep all the time. We had a drugs problem, and I had to get involved with that, and hopefully we've, we've, we've tried and partly resolved that one. Mike, do you have any sympathy for these, these girls that are forced into these terrible working conditions and having to do this awful job? No, I've got lo- not got any sympathy for them at all. Um, we're never going to stamp out completely. It's gone on now ever since men came onto the earth, women came onto the earth. But 
It should not happen in residential areas openly in the street. These women may be in, in desperate situations with, with children to feed and, and, and no other choice and nowhere to turn to. No, I wouldn't accept that. I don't accept that at all. Um, that they will say, well, there's a need, we provide it. It's not the situation that residents should have to put up with. Um, I've seen in, in areas of Luton where it happened when I was responsible, I've seen condoms in people's gardens and things like this. It's, it's not healthy, it's not... Well, it, I mean, Luton has got a bad reputation anyway. We need to improve the reputation of Luton. And one way that we can go start doing that is to start stamping out prostitution one in of those these, areas. One of these councillors in question, Roxana Whitaker, works with Azalea, which is a charity that, that helps um, the, the women in desperate needs and, and prostitutes. Do you see that as a conflict of interests? Um, it depends what way you look at it. I mean, not only do they look after prostitutes, they look after people down and outs, etc., etc. But I think it's wrong giving um, these girls condoms so that they can go out and willy-nilly and do what they need to what they want good, to do good choice of phrase better better condoms than spreading disease though oh, isn't it of course of course but we, we don't want to encourage it at all we want to stamp it out and bringing in a, a zero tolerance approach will help to do that um there's no reason why that shouldn't happen i don't know if there's been meetings between ward councillors the police um with the area committees being involved i don't know um because until I was told by you people this was happening on a regular basis. And I was shocked to think that Hightown, which used to be a beautiful area, I was brought up in Hightown, it was a fantastic shopping area, and I know during the Conservative reign of Luton Borough Council we spent an awful lot of money on Hightown, bringing it up into um, the area that it used to be many years ago. Mike, listen, we're, we're running out of time. Time for one last quick question. Do you think the councillors in question, Roxana Whitaker and Andy Malcolm, should they stand down? That's a matter for their own judgment. What I can say is that at the next election, if people don't like the way their councillors work, there's one easy, simple answer. You get rid of them. You don't vote for them. Mike, listen, we have to end it there. Fantastic talking to you. Thank you very much. Mike Garrett, leader of the Conservative Group on Luton Borough Council. Well, we did get a statement on this issue from the leader of Luton Borough Council, Hazel Simmons. She said, we are fully aware of the issues and have complete and total sympathy for all residents who are suffering. What they're having to put up with at the current time is unacceptable. Right, 7.15. Travel news now. Here's Adam Glynn. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Speed centres at the minute showing things starting to slow down along the A414, both ways between Hatfield and Hartford, looking quite slow along that stretch. And then as you get toward London Coney, mainly on the eastbound side, it's looking slow toward the London Coney roundabout. M25, traffic's definitely building. It's slow from Watford to Chorleywood Junction 19 to 18. Then after a little bit where it's free-flowing, it slows again from Maple Cross at Junction 17 through to the M4 at Junction 15. Roadwork's not really causing disruption this morning. Things are looking fine in Little Chalfont, despite the temporary lights up on the A404 round Cokes Lane. And on the trains, it's a good service. Taking a quick look at the tubes, though, for you if you are heading down toward London. Unfortunately, still severe delays for the Piccadilly line westbound because of a signal failure at Green Park. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. 
morning, 7.16, Friday, the 12th of April. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. 2,000 people have signed a petition against their councillors who they say aren't doing enough to tackle prostitution in the area. A 62-year-old man arrested in connection with an attempted kidnap of a Milton Keynes girl has been released on bail. In sport, Luton Town are without club captain Ronnie Henry for tonight's match against Grimsby. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, set to see wintry showers across many areas, some bright or sunny intervals developing, although the cold breeze will continue. Maximum temperature is 8 degrees. Coming up, we will be looking at why the charity Dementia UK wants cinema and theatres to become more inclusive and consider the needs of others. We'll hear more before 7.30. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks. As you may know, probably my favourite day of the working week has to be Friday. Why? Well, it's the day where I get out of the studio and travel around the three counties meeting local people. Nick Coffer. And this afternoon I'm in the Bedfordshire village of Stagsden. There'll be live music from Indy Ford, hand bell ringing, the Bedfordshire young farmers, and I'll be learning how to pick the perfect cow. Nick Coffer. So, come along and meet the BBC Three Counties radio team this afternoon from 12 at the Royal George in Stagston. Nick Coffer, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, if you or your family has dementia, learning difficulties or another disability, you may have felt reluctant to go to the cinema or to the theatre. Well, now the charity Dementia UK is calling for more entertainment venues to become more inclusive and consider the needs of others. If you've been to the cinema or the theatre or a comedy night with a a relative or a friend who possibly has dementia or or, or possibly because of a disability is maybe a little bit noisier than is normally acceptable in these places, how did it go? How did you cope? Was everyone all right? Did anyone shush you? Were you asked to leave? And if you've been watching a play and there's been someone with, let's say, cerebral palsy in the front row, possibly making a bit of noise, what did you think? Be honest. What did you think? Did you think, oh, that's good. It's inclusive. Everyone's invited. Or do you think, oh, for goodness sakes, I've paid 40 quid for this ticket. I don't want to listen to that. Be honest. 08459... Four double five five double five. Well, the comments from Dementia UK come following the end of a successful dementia-friendly cinema project at Luton Library Theatre. Members of the audience are free to sing along or wander around during the film. Our reporter, Sophie Solaria, went to the Library Theatre in Luton for one of the last dementia-friendly screenings, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Thank you. Well, yeah, yeah. Are you disappearing? No, no, no. Which way are we going? So, breakfast at Tiffany. Tiffany's. An old film like that, will it bring back the memories? Possibly. Possibly, yes. And was that one of your favourite films when you were younger? Not really, no, but, uh, you know. But, well, you uh, don't know this, Michael, but Doris Day is on here next week. Oh. So that's apparently your favourite, so yes. Mrs Adam is telling me this morning. <laughs> she is. How do you think it will um, benefit your friends? Well, I think long-term it's got to, because the fact they get out and mix with people and socialise, that's what it's all got to be about, hasn't it? You know, yes. It's the first one yeah, we've been to, so... All the old fogies like me and <laughs> all the others, yeah. <laughs> and, and if it gets a bit much you can get up and you can leave if you want yes yeah, well, well I don't hopefully it's not going to be okay no, I'm going to strap you down aren't I <laughs> I don't know <laughs> 
Come on then. Oh, where, then we'll go get seen. I like Audrey Hepburn, but I also haven't left my flat for about four months. So this is quite a big deal to come out today. Well, it is, yes. It is quite an effort. What does Breakfast at Tiffany remind you of? Yeah, I saw, saw a preview thing of it years and years ago. So we'll find out what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> so coming out and meeting new people is a, an experience. And it is, very much. Yeah, it's a good idea, actually, yeah. You're just obviously the general public. If they uh, need to get out, up and leave, or if they sing along, will that worry you? No, no, I don't think so. I, I have worked with dementia people anyway before, because I worked at the hospice, and it does help them, doesn't it? In your experience, when you put on an old film for somebody with dementia, does that bring them back to life? Yeah, I think so. They get them to sing old songs that they remember, and some of them will actually get up and they can remember all the words and things, so I think it does help a lot. I think I would be a bit irritated, quite honestly. <laughs> I think knowing it's a special showing for people like that, it would help to make them think more I'd, I'd go if I knew it was. But we hadn't, we hadn't planned to come knowing it was. No. So you weren't aware? No, no, we weren't. No. It doesn't say It doesn't say? No. Does it annoy you that you found out? I suppose it does in a way. I'll move back a bit. Yes, I yeah. probably wouldn't have come if I'd have known. I'm sure these ladies here won't be very pleased either. Oh. A lady has just got up and left because she's realised it's uh, dementia friendly. Well, that was uh, Sophie Solaria. With us now is Maria Collins from the Bedford branch of Home Instead Senior Care. Morning, Maria. Good morning, Ian. Maria, you work closely with dementia sufferers. How does old film and, and cinema help them? Um, it definitely stimulates their brain um, because they have memories from um, time gone by. They may have seen a film or they may have heard that music previously and um, they can recall it so they can participate in, um, you know, in singing along or um, memories about the film itself. It's funny though, isn't it? Because I- I- I've seen this where they may not remember you know, what their son looks like, but if, if you show them, you whack on, like, a Laurel and Hardy or, or an old, you know, an old Frank Sinatra song, they're, they're back there and they're in there and they remember it and they can talk, sing along with it. That's right. And I think um, one way of kind of trying to understand dementia is to remember that from the moment we're, we're born, um, our body, our brain, rather, um, stores images. And so if you think of it as an old photograph album, they're delving back into the photographs that were there from a long time ago and so are much more imprinted on their brain. You took uh, some people to see the film on Wednesday. Did they enjoy it? They did. They thoroughly enjoyed it. And we've actually had some further requests from other clients and their families to say, could they go to future uh, showings? I think there's one more um, film left in the series, which is um, Calamity Jane. Um, and um, we're hoping to take some more clients um, accompanied by their carers um, to that. So our caregivers, um, you know, will be able to give the families um you know some deserved respite from their own caring role and as you said it's coming to an end uh how does that yeah. make you feel 
I'm saddened to hear that. I certainly applaud um, Luton Central Library and the library service overall um, and the funders for providing the funding um, for the project. I think it's a fabulous initiative. I think it rises to the challenge that the Prime Minister has set us um, to make dementia-friendly communities, and which has been promoted by the Alzheimer's Society as well. Um, and I think more organisations, the bigger cinema chains, um, perhaps could be advised by people like Dementia UK or the Alzheimer's Society to also put on um, these kind of showings that are more dementia friendly. We heard in the report there that some people um, were disappointed that there were people with dementia there who perhaps weren't conforming to the, the, the accepted rules of watching a film and they, they left. How does that make you feel? Well, I think it's one of those things. I think it's, um, you know, we, we need to raise tolerance in our communities. And certainly um, we at Home Instead um, tried to do that by we've got a fantastic programme of um, information giving that we can provide to local communities and to families to help them raise the awareness about dementia and how to deal with it. But also, um, I know Dementia UK have got a fantastic programme as well about um, uh, developing dementia friends who will also give um, information sessions to their local communities, neighbours, etc., to try and raise the tolerance because dementia is a big problem and it's going to be a bigger problem in the future. So I think we all need to be aware of it. Um, and I think it's only by education and information that you change attitudes um, and hopefully make them more positive to those that do have dementia. When this closes, Maria, what is there? Is there anything else in Luton that you can take dementia sufferers to? Um, I'm not aware of other initiatives just like this, but we're always on, um, you know, we're always trying to research um, such elements like this. I mean, the library does have fantastic um, resources that we use with our clients about developing their memory books, um, and they've got old scrapbooks, lovely printed scrapbooks that are great for using with clients and doing reminiscent therapy with them. The, um, the uh, museum in Wardown, I think, has some reminiscent boxes so they can look back at things that can evoke memories from the past. Um, again, I would say if there are, um, you know, theatre showings or plays or any of those kind of theatrical events that could be made dementia-friendly, certainly we at Homestead would love to hear about them because we offer them out to our clients and certainly, you know, do everything we can to get them there. Maria Collins, thank you very much indeed. Maria is from the Bedford branch of Home Instead Senior Care. Luton Borough Council uh, have refused to come on this show this morning, but they have sent this statement about their, their project. This pilot project started May 2012 with funding from the Council's Adult Social Care. It's part of the Council's modernisation of its Older Persons Day service. The initial funding for this pilot community-based project has come to an end, but it's hoped, depending on the resources, to provide a similar programme of events from late spring onwards. Call 08459 555 08459-455-555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
on the front page of some of your newspapers this morning. Co- corporation to play single driven up charts by Thatcher haters. BBC, which song insult to Maggie? This is the front of the Daily Mail. Three days before the funeral of Baroness Thatcher, the BBC plans to play the song Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead on national radio. A campaign by left-wing agitators has caused the song from The Wizard of Oz to rise to number four in the midweek pop charts. Um, it will feature in Radio 1's Sunday evening Top 40 countdown. Before it's played, it's planned to use a reporter from the station's news programme, Newsbeat, to explain to the station's target audience of young listeners why the song has risen in the charts. Well, what do you think? Should the BBC play Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead? 08459 455 555. You can go to Facebook as well and uh, have your say, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Loads of, loads of comments this morning, my goodness. Let's, uh, let's just quickly pick some of these at random. Lorraine says, most definitely no, this is disgusting. Uh, Nick says, was not a Thatcher fan, but if you play that, you're going to lose listeners. Trust me, we're not playing it this morning. Don't you worry about that. Uh, Gary Henderson says, ha ha. Uh, Russell, I can't believe there's so much hate. I don't want to hear the song. Tina says, no, it's wrong. Are they going to make the songs about all the other Prime Ministers? They've done nothing at all for the country and given away anything we did have. Lee says, I'm buying it now. Um, Simon says, I I actually failed to see the direct link. It does not mention Thatcher in the lyrics. Okay, the ambiguous tentative link is that she was considered a witch. Maybe a better choice would have been Maggie's Farm by uh, Bob Dylan. Um, this could and should have waited until after her funeral, maybe. It just shows how much we progress as a nation of sheep following the flock and brings us down to her level. 08459 455 555. Should the BBC, in the wake of uh, Margaret Thatcher's death, play Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead? Right, travel news now. Here's Adam Glynn. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. M1 on the cameras moving well. So if you're going north or southbound, it's quite clear. A1M, similar picture. And thankfully the M40 is looking much the same. The M25, though, anti-clockwise is slowing from Watford through to Chorley Wood, junction 19 to 18. Then from Maple Cross to the M4, junction 17 to 15. You've also got delays if you're driving into London on the A1. Usual queues still building up on the southbound side round Boreham Wood between the Holiday Inn Junction and the A41 at Mill Hill. Trains have been running a good service this morning, still looking good. On the tubes, though, the Piccadilly line has severe delays westbound because of a signal failure at Green Park. Your tickets now are going to be accepted on London buses, Greater Anglia and First Capital Connect train services. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. It's 7.30. Time for the news and sport now with Serena Farrow. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. People in Luton's High Town will today hand in a petition saying their councillors aren't doing enough to tackle the problem of prostitution in their area. A 62-year-old man arrested in connection with an attempted kidnap of a Milton Keynes girl has now been released on police bail. More than 50,000 households in St Albans are being sent a new bin for food waste. That's despite a similar scheme being scrapped in Luton recently. And Dementia UK has told BBC Three Counties that provisions need to be made at entertainment venues so that people are more tolerant of others with dementia. It follows a successful dementia-friendly cinema project at Luton Library Theatre, which has now come to an end. That's the news. Let's move on to the morning sport. Beds, hearts and bucks, sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
So in tonight's action, Luton Town without club captain Ronnie Henry for their home match against Grimsby in the conference. Henry actually went in for a hernia operation yesterday. Grimsby are currently in the playoffs, but defender Scott Griffiths says he's not worried about the opposition. Whether it's the top of the league or bottom of the league, it's... There's, there's, you've still got to go out and beat 11 players they can be a poor team on the day or they can be a great team on the day as long as we know what we're doing as long as we're on the ball as long as we uh, know our jobs and do what we do then any other team will find it hard to beat us Staying locally and looking ahead to tomorrow around 4,000 Watford fans are expected to travel to their vital championship match at Peterborough There'll be no pay on the gate though the Hornets are three points off an automatic promotion place with just five games remaining So does manager Gianfranco Zola believe they can claim a crucial top two spot which will secure promotion? The team will uh, will give everything and will, will do well uh, Whether it's going to be enough or not we don't know because obviously we have to see what uh, Al is going to be able to do that in the in the, in the last five games. But uh, I'm sure my team will uh, will do will play. I will give it a, will give it a, the best shot. In League One now, MK Dons also have a vital match. They're at Leighton Orient, four points off the playoffs with only four games to go. And Chelsea are the only British side left in Europe this season after both Tottenham and Newcastle were knocked out of the Europa League last night. Basel beat Spurs in a penalty shootout to reach the semis. BBC Three Counties Radio, there'll be more from me at eight. Lads, can you stop playing table tennis? I'm doing an interview for BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, I think no one's told me that they were playing table tennis, but it's not a lot else they could ping pong, is it? It? Well, whatever. If you're in China, it's ping pong. But yeah, so that's, that's, how they, that's, that's how they wind down, isn't it? What the Chinese? No, what? footballers. Some play golf, right? Right. Others play ping pong. And slash, others do yeah. things in hotels. I'm going to end it there, Serena. Okay. Thank you. Across beds, hearts, and barks. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. I think it's called ping pong, not just in the uh, in, in China. I think it's it's known as ping pong pretty much around the world. It's a universal um, uh, name for it. Uh, do you bother to recycle your food? Hundreds of thousands of pounds is being spent on a food recycling scheme in St Albans, and yet a similar scheme has been scrapped in Luton. Well, I'll be speaking to a woman who has set the challenge of reducing her waste to zero back in 2008. And should the BBC play Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead, the song is surging up the charts because of a campaign by critics of Lady Thatcher. Bit of harmless fun? Justified protest? Or totally nasty and inappropriate. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Hey kids, this afternoon from twelve you can um, meet the BBC Three Counties radio team. Yeah, huh? Nick Coffer will be presenting his programme from the Royal George in Stagston. He'll be finding out about the Bedfordshire village and have a go at handbell ringing. There's something. Uh, listen or go along this afternoon from midday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you want to give me a call this morning, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now. Food recycling bins. Have you got one? I've got one. I, I used it. We, we had one in the last place we lived. Didn't use it for two years. Got one now in this new place. And I found there were some mouldy pita breads in there. So I, I don't know how they got there. But I put them out and they were collected. First time I've used it, I don't think I'll bother again. I'm not going to scrape all my scrag ends of food in there. I'm not going to do that. Well, a £300,000 food waste recycling scheme is starting in St Albans. It comes as Luton Borough Council has just scrapped a similar scheme because not enough people took it up. 
Our bean man correspondent Justin Daly is in St Albans this morning. Justin, are you? Yeah. You don't strike me as a, as a big recycler of anything. Do you know what? I don't recycle anything. Do you absolutely not? Spot on. I feel guilty for doing yeah. that. And some people will come on the radio and they'll be screaming and shouting. But do you know what, Ian? I'm just too busy. That sounds arrogant, what? but it's the absolute well, truth. I'm too busy. Let's to just recycle. let's just put this out there for a second. Yeah. Uh, I, I am. I don't recycle food. I do recycle everything else. Mm. If you want to come on, Justin's <laughs> going to be on between now and quarter to eight. If you want to come on in the next fifth. 15 minutes and tell Justin why, yes, he should be recycling things. Give us a call now. We'll put you on 08459 455 555. Phone up and either berate Justin yeah. <laughs> or give him a pat on the back and say, I'm, I'm like you, brother. I can't be bothered. Yeah. 08459 455 555. What have people been saying to you this morning, Justin? Well, it's a lot of money in. Um, £300,000 we're talking about here. Is it a waste of money? I'm in St Albans. I've been talking to people about food waste recycling and about this new local scheme. And this is what people had to say. Here's Alison. Alison, you've already been recycling your food waste now for quite some time. How long? Um, at least two years, possibly, probably more, three, four. And maybe. how many caddies have you got? Two. So you clearly don't need one. If you were to stop recycling your food waste, would you feel guilty? Yes, I would. I think it would be a shame to put it back in the black bin again. It's £300,000. Is it £300,000 down the drain if people are already doing it? If people are already doing it, yes. If it encourages more, no, but I don't think they're going to ask and it's a waste to just spend it. Now, Magda, you're already recycling your food waste. How long have you been doing this for? Um, It's been like seven months or eight since I actually moved because the place I live with the people, they started doing it and they encouraged me to uh, recycle food and I think it's a really good idea. And it makes you feel good? It does make me feel good. So this idea of spending £300,000 on encouraging people to, to recycle their food waste, again, you must think that's a great idea. I do think so, and it's definitely going to be worth doing it. But Not a waste of money, then? No, I don't think it's going to be a waste of money. <laughs> Just lastly, do you think people should feel guilty if they don't recycle their food waste? Um, well, I would. I know that personally I would feel guilty, but I think that it's just more like personal matters in majority of people. But I think it's a really good thing to do, and um, it just helps the environment. So you would feel guilty. Now you've started. If you were to stop, you would feel guilty. If once I started, I would feel guilty to stop it. Let's grab a word with this man here as well. You've already got a caddy. So £300,000 on this project. Is that a bit too much, do you think? I think it encourages people to recycle, then no. But I would want to have a better understanding of the numbers involved to see what the saving is in terms of other council resources for disposing of rubbish. You're already recycling your food. If you were to stop doing that, would you feel guilty? Uh, No, I wouldn't. I think we look to recycle where we can uh, in terms of non-food aspects, but um, we'd we'd want to make whatever contribution we can to... um, to balance the other things that we do which aren't recyclable. Okay, dear listener, this is your challenge now. You've got ten minutes. Call, pick up your phone. Justin Dealey doesn't no, don't, recycle... Don't. No, don't listen. The, the, Justin Dealey recycles nothing. Not People even, are busy. People are busy. Not even the plastic containers. You get your, your um, no, sizzler b- burgers I in. I, I simply, you know, b- put them in a bin and um, <sighs> I throw that away. I mean, I, I'm just being honest. I was fascinated this morning well, by this. Coming here in St Albans, I thought most people wouldn't be recycling their yeah. food waste. Clearly they are. And they're going to be handing out 50,000 of these food caddies this summer but but again a lot of people in already have them so what's going to happen to them look at look at you trying to def- i know exactly what you're doing you're deflecting and distracting no if you want to call up and either tell justin dealey off we'll, we'll take both sides of the argument tell him off and tell him why it's so important he recycles no you're not stay there or if you want to support him pat him on the back and say oh, i'm yeah. with you brother i don't shut up oh eight four five nine four double five five double five call us now justin stay there we'll come back to you in a minute oh eight four five nine 
555. We'll take both sides of this argument. Well, Karen Cannard is the author of the Rubbish Diet blog. She was set a challenge back in 2008 to reduce her waste to zero. Morning, Karen. Good morning, Ian. When, when you hear people like Justin, who, who they're too busy to recycle, how does that make you feel? Oh, I just want to bring him into my gang. <laughs> just, what would you do to him? Oh, wow, I just sort of like set him the challenge. Um, on, on Monday, we're actually launching, with your counterpart station, actually, BBC Radio Suffolk, um, the BBC Radio those, Suffolk... Those um, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. The, the Suffolk BBC guys. The rubbish diet. Yeah. And what we're actually doing is bringing the county on board and actually asking them to, you know, people across the county to reduce their waste, taking the rubbish diet challenge over eight weeks and um, sharing lots of tips on different themes as to the simple things that you can do. And it is simple and I do recycle, but I, when it comes to recycling food... Yeah. I just can't be bothered. And I, 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 we've heard from some people this morning that that's the general attitude. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And it's because, you know, f- food is not necessarily seen often in the same way as other stuff, like the plastics and the cans. Um, but actually, you know, food is just as much of a resource that can be used and has actually got better use than it's actually sitting in landfill, than actually, you know, just similar to the, the other things, like the bottles and the cans. And the problem is, if we don't do anything with food waste... It is a heavy product to send to landfill. And um, every time you actually send a truck of rubbish off to landfill, as council taxpayers, we are paying for that. So the £300,000 figure that's actually being invested in the food waste collection, um, the council wouldn't be doing that if it didn't think that it could actually save money elsewhere. Are they not just doing it because they they have been set a target by the government of how much recycling they have to do yeah we've got the the national targets of reducing waste and you know the, the government does not want to have the food waste in in the landfill sites because again beyond that there are other targets that have been set to the country from further afield as well because the problem of food waste in landfill is actually quite a serious one um you know, it it's a generator of methane which is one of the most powerful greenhouse gases and there is this figure that um if we all manage to actually get food waste out of landfill it would be the equivalent of taking one in five cars off the road so it just shows the power that 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 has from an environmental aspect we we heard from justin we are going to go back to a bit because people are phoning in 08459 455 555 to talk to him Uh, how do you motivate people karen well, what, what we do is motivating people through the curiosity element of the rubbish diet is, and you know, this is what I actually learned um, five years ago. I never thought that I could really impact on my rubbish at all. But when you actually think, well, what, what else can I do? You know, and aiming towards trying to reduce as much as you can from your bin, it becomes very much of a, okay, we've ticked that off, let's try the next step. But when it comes to food waste particularly, what I found was, it was one of the biggest problems that we had as a family. It was about 50% of the rubbish that we were throwing away. And actually, my motivator through all of that was not just seeing my bin get emptier as, as the weeks went by, but we were actually saving money as a family. You know, I, I now can't believe that I used to go to the supermarket and actually buy food that we, <laughs> a week later, would just throw in the bin. Mm. And you know, we, we actually saved not just food waste, um, but from other things like replacing um, disposable items with reusables. In the four, first two years after um, working on our waste at home and doing the rubbish diet challenge, 
we've actually saved as a family two and a half thousand pounds. Hey, hello. In two years. Now, you know, that, That's a luxury cruise. It is, isn't it? Now, that was a key motivator for me. We stopped buying things that we wasted. Like, you know, if we bought too many bananas and the bananas would go off, I actually stopped buying that amount of bananas. So, Karen, have, um, listen, Justin's on the line. Have a word with Justin. Tell him why he's such a muppet. <laughs> Justin, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Justin, I'm not going to tell you that you're a muppet. Is, I'm really. not like that. I'm not, I'm not nasty. But what I would say is I would love you to actually take the opportunity over the next eight weeks mm. and see if actually our rubbish diet challenge, which launches on Monday could actually change your mind. Oh, Karen, why, can't challenge. You, why can't you come to my house this weekend and touch my bin? How does oh, that sound? I would love to come and touch your bin. I can't Lovely. do it this weekend, I'm afraid, because we've got oh. the big launch. But I would love to come over. I was up for it until then. Okay, not to worry. Ka- Karen, the website's therubbishdiet.org.uk. I wish you the best of luck with that. Thank you very much, Ka- uh, Karen Cannard, author of The Rubbish Diet. Justin, stay there, because I think uh, Josephine from Houghton Regis wants to work. Good morning, Josephine. Good morning. What, what, do, you, do you want to speak to my good friend Justin Dealey? I will, I will. Hi, Josephine. Hello. Far away, well, then. Convince me to recycle. Uh, I think that's a pretty good idea. I was used to it uh, in Holland, and it's absolutely, absolutely fabulous, because people who don't have a garden can't compost everything. And it's not good on a compost heap to have things like meat, but when that is uh, being recycled, it, uh, those recycled plants are... Uh, if only recycling was as sexy as your accent, I would do it week in, week out. <laughs> okay, jo- Justin, for goodness sake, Josephine has phoned up with with a, a, an international point to make, <laughs> and you're deflecting from it. What she's I'm saying joking, makes I'm what joking. she's saying makes perfect Absolutely. sense. Do you know what? Ian? Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say recycling is a waste of time because clearly it's not. Um, I should be doing that, but it's just making that effort to do it in the first place. Once jo- you make Justin, that effort, you, you never like go back. To, Justin, do you like to go out fishing? Uh, not really, no. Is that an offer I can't refuse? <laughs> well, um, well, there are people who need their uh, base for yeah. uh, fishing. Right. And one of the things which you can do with recycling, that is having a good nutritious uh, food to create yeah. the worms, the bait for fishing. Right. Josephine, so, thank, listen, we'll end it there. Question. <laughs> Justin, do you like fishing? I, I, I kind of knew what the answer was going to be to that mm. question before you even answered it. Has any of this convinced you at all, Justin? Just to p- put your plastic bags, your, 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 your cardboard into a bin and... Look, I'm going to try. I, I, I promise you I will try it, but you gave me a challenge the other week not to watch mm, television in my disaster. bedroom, and that lasted, what, three minutes. But, but I promise you, I, I know I should be doing it, like many other people, we know we should be doing it, but um, I just need to make that effort and start. Once I start, Ian... I will never go back. Justin, uh, keep listening. We're going to be in touch in a little bit because we've got some more, a, a load more callers that want to have a chat with you. So we, we, you just stay where you are. So we'll come back to you a little bit later on. Oh, 7.46. Travel news, Adam Glynn. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Ian. Things still looking pretty decent out there on the roads, other than the fact that it's quite wet and miserable, especially on the M25 at the minute. Rain still seems to be falling, a bit of spray being kicked up, so take a little bit of extra care. Anti-clockwise, it's still slow from the M40 at Junction 16 to the M4 at Junction 15, so traffic levels do seem to have eased just a little bit. Don't want to get, you know, too excited too early, though. Round Borehamwood, the A1, it's queuing still on the southbound side between the Holiday Inn and the A41 at Mill Hill. A little slow now towards the M25 on the North Orbital Road, the A405 in Brickett Wood. And the trains, well, they continue to run without any issues. Tubes, though, severe delays for 
for the Piccadilly line. It's now to all destinations because of signal failure at Green Park. And your tickets will be valid on London buses, Greater Anglia and First Capital Connect train services. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. I'm still laughing at the Justin. Do you like fishing? <laughs> she obviously doesn't know Justin very well. Good morning. It's 7.47. It's Friday the 12th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents will hand in a petition asking for two councillors to leave their jobs because they say not enough's being done about prostitution in Luton's high town. A 62-year-old man arrested in connection with an attempted kidnap of a Milton Keynes girl has been released on police bail. And in sport, Luton Town are without club captain Ronnie Henry for tonight's home match against Grimsby. Coming up, should Justin Dealey be recycling? We'll get... We'll get more of your reaction to this before 8 o'clock, 08459 455 555. You can either tell Dealey off for not recycling, or you can put a brotherly arm around his shoulders, metaphorically pat him on the back and say, I'm with you, Dealey. It's a waste of time. Before that, though, let's get the weather. Here's Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, Hearts and Bugs weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. Yes, Justin Dealey, you should be recycling. It's my answer to that. And we've got plenty of showers around at the moment. Um, They're just spreading in from the east. They are quite heavy in places, um, but there will be some spells of brightness in between. There'll be more showers popping up here and there through the rest of the afternoon too. And some of them could be really on the heavy side. Expected to be slow moving in places through this afternoon. The possibility of some hail and some thunder as well so lots of lively activity on the shower front today if you're popping outside uh, even just for a minute then um, you may well get a good old drenching there will be some brightness and some sunshine around in between those showers particularly through the afternoon this in turn is going to generate yet more um, but temperatures rising to 10 or 11 degrees celsius in luton in Ellsbury and in milton Keynes too that is uh, 52 in fahrenheit the breeze will also pick up into this evening but um, we will see those showers gently fade away overnight there'll be some clear bells around and temperatures tonight falling to three or four degrees celsius mostly dry again tonight a few mist patches into the day tomorrow and then tomorrow i think um, a fairly bright start brightening up a little bit but then we're going to start to see the cloud build and outbreaks of rain it'll still feel relatively mild i suppose highs of 10 or 11 degrees celsius again 52 in fahrenheit but it will be quite wet tomorrow a mild night on saturday into sunday and then sunday looking like the mildest day so far um, temperatures up to 15 or 16 degrees celsius it's not going to be wall-to-wall sunshine there'll be quite a lot of cloud around but we should see at least some hazy sunny spells i think through the afternoon and um, possibly some temperatures even getting up to the high teens um it'll turn a touch colder into next week that's the forecast thank you very much if i'm finding this whole dealy recycling thing much more entertaining than a grown man should if you want to tell justin dealy off for not being a recycler or you want to support him and say yeah fair play mate it all goes in the same van 08459 455555 this weekend we bring you three days of live sport it all starts tonight from seven with live commentary from the conference and that is that surely knowing they can't climb out of the league it's all about pride now for Luton these games now uh, have been all about certainly for us to look at players and also for players to put a case forward for them this time they're at home to Grimsby live conference football tonight from 7 on BBC Three Counties Radio Critics of Margaret Thatcher are trying to get Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead to the top of the charts this weekend. The song from The Wizard of Oz is currently at number 10 in the official charts. Well, do you think the BBC should play it? Someone on Facebook thinks we shouldn't even be talking about it. That by debating it, 
we're helping get it to the top of the charts. Well, Fraser McAlpine is a music journalist, joins me now. Good morning, Fraser. Good morning. Do you think the BBC should play it? I think if it's in the charts, the BBC has, uh, has to play it. I don't think they should be playing it as part of their, uh, their daily playlists, but I don't think that's happening. I think uh, you're talking about the top 40 rundown at the end on a Sunday night, and uh, I, uh, so long as the song has no uh, editorial content which breaks the BBC's normal broadcasting code of conduct in itself, you know, it, which it doesn't, it's a, it's a song from a children's film, um, I, I think they definitely should play it. I think there's, there's, do you remember when David Blaine was put in a big perspex box and hung from a crane in I London. I do remember that, yes. What an anticlimax that was. Well, yes, but he, and he didn't eat for a month. And people were putting uh, hamburgers onto toy uh, helicopters, and they were flying the helicopters with the hamburgers near David Blaine. And it's in a, it's in a really fine spirit, long-standing tradition, this song, of uh, blowing raspberries at power. I mean, Are you comparing the campaign but by, um, the, the Daily Mail describes them, lef- leftist activists yeah, well, to get I, Ding yeah. Dong the Witch is Dead to flying a helicopter with a burger in front of a, a disappointing magician? I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm comparing them because they're the same. There, it's 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 one we it's what actually quite a fine a long-standing British tradition. Uh, it's what we do. It, I think it's far far less serious uh, as a situation than than certainly the Daily Mail would like to have you believe because it's it's a it's a joke. It's a raspberry blown. It, it it's um if you consider Margaret Thatcher, a lot of people consider Margaret Thatcher, even Margaret Thatcher's admirers consider her to be something of a divisive leader, and and and, and I think. The people who who are on one side of the divide are getting an eight million pound funeral, and the people on the other side of the divide are getting the opportunity to blow a small raspberry in that direction. And it's, it's think about exactly what what a powerful statement uh, putting a song in the, in the British pop charts actually is. It's a minuscule statement. It's a tiny statement. It's and it's of no more worth than the X Factor campaign to get the Rage Against the Machine song killing in uh, killing in the name of. Uh, up to number one instead of an X Factor number one. That It's a showbiz political statement. It's not a real political statement. The BBC has banned songs in the past, either in the charts when they were released at the time, God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols in the Jubilee year, yes. or later on because, I- I'm looking online here, Boom Bang A Bang by Lulu was banned during the Gulf War. So they, they do ban songs that they think might um, th- th- be sensitive and might be upsetting to people, don't they? They do do that, yes. I think in this case, I mean, what, I've had, what I understand is that on Sunday night, uh, when the chart rundown happens, there will be an explanation for Radio 1's actual audience um, as to why this song is in the charts, which I think is appropriate. Uh, just to explain, what, you know, because it's strange that a song from a 1930s musical should be in the mm. charts at all. Um, I think context is really vital. You've got to think about... Because we're not talking about the BBC putting this on primetime BBC One. Mm. We're not talking... You know, we're talking about Radio One that has a chart rundown, that has had a chart rundown for, for years and years and years. Put, you know, having... As part of their listing of songs that they have to play is a, is a new entry in the top ten. And, and, and if you ignore it, it makes a bigger deal out of it. The fact that you are able to list the, the songs that people don't play during wartime and the songs that the, the Sex Pistols, God Save the Queen situation uh, is it, sort of proof that these things are far more notable by their banning than they are by just letting, letting whatever prank it is happen. You know, this is, this is a little bit of... This is graffiti on the wall of a, of a much-loved public building that will get cleaned off. 
Lots of people, very, very quickly, Fraser, lots of people on Facebook saying it's disrespectful. It's someone's grandmother, for goodness sakes. It is disrespectful, yes, but she wasn't just someone's grandmother. She was the leader of the country, and she, 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 uh, Margaret Thatcher put herself in the position of being not just a leader, but also a political, uh, an ideological standpoint. She, she was Thatcherism. What you have to understand is that this song, such as it is, this protest, if it is a protest, and I don't necessarily count it as a protest, is, uh, is a blast against Thatcherism. It's not a blast against Margaret Thatcher, the person. Fraser, we have to end it there. I really appreciate your time. Uh, an interesting argument. Fraser McAlpine, music journalist, what do you think? Should the BBC be playing it? 08459 455 555. Very feisty on uh, Facebook as well. We'll go to those a bit later on. We've been talking about recycling. New uh, food recycling bins are being launched in St Albans at the cost of £300,000. Well, we spoke to our, uh, the, the reporter, Justin Delia-Allen. And Justin, let me just get this right. You don't mm. recycle anything because you're... Too busy. OK, we've had lots of calls in, uh, 08459 455 555, either to berate... And thank you, by the way, for fitting us into your busy schedule this morning, Justin. Not a problem, not a problem. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Do, do, do you like fishing? <laughs> no, thank you very much for calling in, uh, those. And you can call in to support him or to tell him off. Stephen's from Letchworth. Stephen, which, which side of the fence are you on? I'm going to spank his bottom for him. Ooh, this has been quite an interesting 25 minutes, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Why he should he recycle. Why should think he recycle? Future. Why should he? Just think of the future. All them bottles he can recycle, I won't go into a landfill, that's got be one little extra little bit. And I've got a proposition for Justin as well. Oh, here we go. Yeah, go on. Is it, is it anything, anything to do with fishing? <laughs> no, no, it isn't. Okay. So, if you can recycle for a whole week... Mm-hmm. I will donate 50 quid to a charity of your choice. Wow. He's, he's, he said well, the C word. Fighting talk. One thing, the, the Luton Football Club pie shop is not a charity, <laughs> by the way. He said the C word live on air, Justin. He's thrown the C, he's dropped a C bomb on you. Oh, I know. That was absolutely fascinating. But people are obviously very, very passionate about this, aren't they? Incredibly passionate. <laughs> so, hang on a second. Are you saying, are you saying No. Uh, no, I, I, I'm saying that, that I'm, I'm probably going to do this, yes. I, I just to, to fit it into a certain week. It's a lovely gesture, but I want to make sure that I can do it on a week where I'm definitely going to be at home. There's no point you, in me doing it in a week where I'm going to be away. You there? are awful. There are there are children in hospital beds now, crying, <laughs> crying, going, but, but Mr Dealey, that £50 would buy us a new machine. Look, and, and I would do it. I would do it. I've just got to get the right week for it, OK? OK, Dealey, listen. Thank you, thank you very much. But, but you doing with your life that's so busy you working do this and then you. you go home working for you okay interesting working for me interesting justin thank you right Stephen from letchworth an interesting challenge we'll get your details and we'll see i just know that when we've thrown challenges at jd's feet before we asked him to stop watching tv for a week he lasted 11 minutes 11 i don't even know how many minutes there are in a whole week he lasted 11 of them and yes, brave of you, Stephen, to, to drop a C-bomb, the charity bomb, live on the air. But, you see, he's, he's the, the, the Dealey is the Teflon presenter. You can throw all of these things at him. Nothing sticks. Nothing sticks. 08459 455 555. If you want to tell Justin off for not recycling, or if you want to support him. I don't want this to be a Dealey bash. We're not going to go Dealey bashing all morning. If you can support him... And in a brotherly way, put your arm around him and say, yes, I, I don't recycle either. My life's too busy. It's not worth it. 08459 555. Right, travel news. Here's Adam Glynn. 
hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ian, just so you know, the internet informs me there are 10,080 minutes in a week. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate that. No problem. He lasted 11 of them. <laughs> oh, dear. In Denham, right, the A412 temporary traffic lights are up for electricity work near Tile House Lane. Looking at the speed sensors, maybe a little bit slow around there, but it's certainly not looking too bad. The A404 into High Wycombe's looking clear. The A405 toward the M25, a little bit busy as you get toward Junction 21A. Then if you're joining the anti-clockwise carriageway, that's slowest from Maple Cross to the M4, Junction 17 to 15. A1 in toward London in Boreham Wood. You've got the usual queue between the Holiday Inn and the A41 at Mill Hill. A1M, though, is looking fine for the time being. Trains across the three counties running nicely this morning. No delays on the departure boards. Tubes, though, if you're heading for London, severe delays for the Piccadilly line. It's a signal failure at Green Park, and your tickets are going to be valid on London buses, Greater Anglia and First Capital Connect rail services. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Coming from the last hour of the show, more on Dealey's recycling. And ding dong, the witch is dead. Could be number one in the charts. Should the BBC play it? We'll discuss that and more after the news with Serena Farrow. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, the headlines. Residents have enough of councillors in Luton. Man bailed in connection with kidnapping of Milton Keynes girl. And computer games are to be investigated. BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents who describe Hightown in Luton where they live as worse than a war zone want their two councillors to leave their jobs. At least the war zone, it's you know what to expect. The actual army, they, they're out there for a job. They know what to expect. You know, the diseases and the littering and everything else associated with these criminals... You don't know what diseases, you know, the condoms, the needles, you're risking your life. Well, that's Shahzad Karam, who owns a nearby convenience store. It comes as a petition's being handed in today because they want more to be done to tackle the problem of prostitution in the area. Turning to other news and a 62-year-old man arrested in connection with an attempted kidnap of a Milton Keynes girl has been released on police bail. The man from London will return to Milton Keynes Police Station in May. It follows an incident in Lanzarote back in January last year when a three-year-old was led away from her family in a shopping centre. Now, Dementia UK has told BBC Three Counties that provisions need to be made at entertainment venues so people are more tolerant of those with dementia. It follows a successful dementia-friendly cinema project at Luton Library Theatre, which has now come to an end. The audience there are free to sing along or even wander around during the film. Karen Harrison-Denning is from the charity. She says getting out is important for improving social skills. It's a normal environment to see a cinema film. The emphasis is very much to make the whole of the community is where possible dementia friendly so I have a, a particular planned screening days for people with dementia or indeed anybody else with sort of cognitive impairment is a good step forward next and the office of fair trading has begun an inquiry into mobile phone games aimed at children which have landed some parents with huge bills the games are free to download but extra features which make the games more exciting can then cost as much as 70 pounds the oft is investigating whether children are being subjected to aggressive or misleading marketing 
Locally, more than 50,000 households in St Albans are being sent a new bin for food waste. But the scheme's being launched just two weeks after Lutonborough Council scrapped a similar scheme because not enough people were bothering to use it. Well, Dr Stephen Burnley is an expert in waste management at the University of Milton Keynes. He says extra money's recently come from the government to collect food waste. Perhaps that's where St Albans are getting their money from. However, you could make a very good argument to say that in a lot of areas where recently they're switching off some of the streetlights at night, it might be better to have more streetlights and collect waste for for digestion or recycling. But, I mean, that- Moving on to sport now, Luton Town without club captain Ronnie Henry for tonight's home match against Grimsby in the conference. Turning to the weather and outbreaks of heavy rain in places, but then much brighter come the afternoon. Temperatures 12 degrees Celsius. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio first for news. Dear listener, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We're rattling through stuff this morning. If you've missed the last two hours, I don't normally blow my own trumpet, partly because I don't have one, but I thoroughly recommend you go and listen again. Some cracking stuff. Including 2,000 people have no confidence in two councillors in Luton. They say they've not done enough to tackle prostitution in the area and the situation is getting worse. Well, it's a story we've been following very closely on this programme. I'll be speaking to a professor who's recognised as an international authority on the sex industry to look at how to address problems with prostitution. How keen are you to recycle your food waste? Do you bother to separate your potato peelings and your eggshells from the rest of your rubbish? Hundreds of thousands of pounds is being spent on a food recycling scheme in St Albans, and yet a similar scheme was scrapped in Luton recently. Well, my reporter, Justin Dealey, doesn't recycle anything. You can phone him up either to support him or berate him. And also, it's on the front page of a few of the newspapers this morning, should the BBC play Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead? The song is surging up the charts because of a campaign by critics of Lady Thatcher. Is it blowing a raspberry to the establishment, as our last guest said? Or is it disrespectful to the dead? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. A petition signed by 2,000 people calling for a vote of no confidence in two Luton councillors will be handed into Luton Town Hall today. Local residents in the High Town area, Phil Roxana Whitaker and Andy Malcolm, who were elected in May 2011, have failed in their duties to tackle the problem of prostitution in the area. Well, it's a story we've followed since residents came back to us, uh, came to us, sorry, back in October last year. You see every kind of human dereliction that you could never believe was possible. We do feel like prisoners, and we don't feel like the police or the council care about us having to be prisoners. I feel like prey. I really am appalled. They are saying that they are trying to help the area, but on the other hand, they're part of it. Roxana Whitaker and Andy Malcolm are the councillors who represent Hightown. What are you going to do to stop it? Since we've been councillors back in May 2011, um, working with partners, the police, um, the council, um, anyone else that is able to help with that sort of thing. Don't read that, and don't read it. You're reading something. Why are you reading something? And we're committed to working um, 
Andy, what are you doing to stop the prostitution there? What I would say is you've got to take a broad and balanced approach and you've got to take an approach which actually solves the problem over a long-term period. Residents have spoken, Roxana, uh, on uh, saying how can you work for the residents of the High Town on, on the issue of prostitution when you work for the charity in High Town that supports prostitutes with clothes and food? I don't see any conflict in those two roles. Do you not, really? Nolly Martins is in the studio now. If you get caught curve crawling once, you will get friendly words of advice. If you get caught twice, there will be a letter going to your household that your wife might see that you are going to High Town looking for sex. And if you get caught three times, you will be prosecuted. Uh, and I went and knocked on doors in High Town and I listened to the residents. How many doors did you knock and on? What they, we no- the police how knocked, many doors did you knock on? The police knocked on all the doors. How many doors did you knock on? I can't remember how many doors I Ten? knocked on. 30? Something like that. 10. Look, it was a consultation exercise. Well, no, I'm just asking. You're making a big thing about you knocked on doors. I'm just asking how many doors you knocked on. I don't know, about 10. Well, Professor Dave Barrett is from the University of Bedfordshire. He's recognised as an international authority on the sex industry. Joins me now. Morning, Dave. Good morning. What is the social impact of prostitution? Well, there there are uh, many, but let's um, just just reflect that I'm talking generally about the uh, uh, th- the issues, and uh, they can be uh, varied and many. And of course, uh, uh, talk about this matter is often um, uh, much easier uh, to undertake than actually do things. It's a really complex uh, set of issues around uh, uh, prostitution, and also remember that uh, prostitution is a is a behaviour. It's not necessarily a person, but Returning to the question of the social impact, uh, a number of people can be drawn into uh, prostitution, particularly young women uh, associated with addictions, but but not exclusively, so uh, drugs and alcohol. Some people can be pushed into uh, prostitution by boyfriends and, and pimps. Uh, a very tiny percentage actually choose to undertake uh, uh, the work, but I emphasise uh, uh, tiny. And if we look around um, the wider region that we uh, are in, if we look at the Ipswich case, for example, that uh, people will recollect from uh, years 2006, 2007, a lot of those young women who sadly uh, were murdered did have um, addiction problems. So a lot of violence associated with uh, uh, prostitution in that town at that uh, time and there was a number of health uh, associated uh, uh, issues and I don't mean just uh, HIV and hepatitis but uh, uh, mental health issues so as uh, as you can uh, hear there's there's a number of complex mm. features we spoke to a, a counselor earlier on and I asked him if he had any sympathy for the women uh, uh, who were working as prostitutes uh, he had none is, is that a cold, heartless attitude, or is, is that the attitude that perhaps needs to be taken to get it off the streets? Well, I think uh, I, I don't know about uh, any particular uh, counsellor. Yeah, speaking cer- in general terms. Certainly in, in my experience of uh, undertaking research in this area for, for nearly 20 years, that we must remember there's a supply and uh, demand uh, feature here, and what I do know about Uh, successful models of trying to resolve these uh, uh, issues not only in uh, our region but further afield in the UK and uh, Northwest Europe uh, that hard policing uh, doesn't work a lack of sympathy for some of those involved uh, doesn't seem to uh, be very effective it would be more helpful to think about exit strategies uh, exit routes a lot of these uh, young women are uh, experiencing quite hard 
high levels of uh, uh, poverty and, uh, and deprivation. And also uh, what is regularly uh, forgotten and certainly the Ipswich uh, strategy, um, which, which is available to all on, uh, on the internet, uh, talks about the punters a lot. We, we are in a supply and demand market uh, here, and to use vernacular of the punters is quite powerful, but people are creating a market, uh, whether it be in, in this region or, or further afield. So what, what do you mean by exit strategy? Do you mean by going up to each uh, the, the girl, that's a, the, the, each woman that's working and helping them individually? Do you mean coming down harder on the punters? Well, I think if... Um, it, if there's uh, what we might describe as hard policing um, in an area, the the, uh, the matter moves to another part of t- town or so that or just pushes city. it down, a few pushes down. it down the road. Yeah. Yes, uh, and in some uh, parts in this region. Uh, there are so-called uh, uh, safe areas, um, and again, that's the same in some uh, Dutch uh, uh, cities where people may get regular uh, h- health checks. But exit strategies, and uh, our own national government has invested uh, some monies in uh, uh, exit strategies, uh, means uh, counselling support for individuals. It means improved uh, uh, housing, perhaps a safe house if pimps are involved. Uh, It it means uh, dealing with perhaps um, uh, educational features, uh, healthy living, uh, to deal with uh, a number of um, uh, health uh, elements that may be associated with uh, the low self-esteem or a history of of mental health. And of course, with so many issues involved, no one uh, intervention. No one issue, no one professional service uh, can uh, resolve these uh, uh, issues on, on their own. And, and we've got a number of triggering um, uh, features here. So uh, they could be uh, elections and um, we know that around the country, whether that be local elections or general elections, often this uh, issue is raised. It, it, it can inflate uh, the issue. We can uh, hear talk of vigilantes, which uh, by and large people don't want on, on their streets. Or there can be a major set of incidents like the Ipswich murders in mm. 2006 uh, seven. What doesn't help is hype. What does help is measured intervention, mm. uh, measured discussion. Um, but the paraphernalia uh, around um, uh, sex work is uh, uh, is pretty nasty. Uh, use condoms, syringes. Uh, it does have callers. an impact on the residents, doesn't it? The, the, the residents, if it's happening in your street or your, your kind of estate, it's very depressing, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. In a piece of field work I did in a in a major European uh, city some uh, years ago, which is published. Uh, saw that half of the curb crawlers were just that. They they never uh, stopped to talk to um, uh, a, a young woman in that case. It was a, a, a female uh, marketplace in that particular uh, piece of work I did, and they just tri- drive off. And that, that's a pretty sleazy uh, atmosphere where mm. these uh, punters are cruising around often at three to five, ten miles an hour, windows down, trying to perhaps... Um, uh, engage in conversation mm. uh, I certainly wouldn't want my uh, uh, sister or, or daughters walking along a street like that being approached by uh, men of, uh, of that uh, type who by and large for the rest of their, their, their daily lives are normally in employment normally so-called respectable uh, uh, people mm. uh, but uh, use sex workers you, you raise an interesting point there, and this is something that Ollie Martins, the PCC, mentioned, that, 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 uh, that, that I am making the situation worse. By me saying that there is a specific area of Luton where there are prostitutes, I'm in a way advertising and making it worse. Is that right? Is that right? Or am I I- exposing an issue, shining light on something? 
Well, I haven't spoken to uh, uh, Ollie about it, so um, he, he may well be uh, right. But I think uh, w- one of the features where I would support uh, y- your approach is that we're not in denial that this happens in our region. Uh, and I think uh, to, to keep things, uh, if you like, under the carpet is not necessarily um, helpful. But I do think that, that the measured response and if it triggers a number of uh, professional uh, intervention uh, services and uh, uh, local neighbourhoods to work more closely together to uh, tackle this, um, these issues, that would be good. Uh, another example I would cite is uh, some years ago in, in Paris, of all places, I found a London bus uh, going round with a, a consultant from the local genitourinary uh, medicine clinic, uh, some counsellors on, on the bus, and I mean therapeutic counsellors, mm. not political counsellors, and, and this London bus took the services out to uh, the streets and it had uh, uh, safe uh, uh, systems for, for needles and it, and it was giving out um, uh, different parts of advice and the, and the workers would come along. And it actually um, uh, peripheralised the need for, pit, for pimps mm. and, and organised uh, uh, crime in that particular uh, area. So there, there's a number of models around that do work uh, costs a lot of money sometimes mm. uh, but neighbourhoods all parts of the neighbourhood and all members of the neighbourhood need to work together to take these matters forward positively. Professor Dave Barrett University of Bedfordshire, thank you very much indeed fascinating stuff, 08459 555555, it's 8.15 let's get the travel now with Adam Glynn Beds, hearts and bucks travel, BBC Three Counties Radio Traffic starting to look quite slow near to Stevenage. The A602 Broadhall Way between Gunnelswood Road Junction and uh, it's the football ground to the A1M really that's looking busiest through there. Uh, keeping an eye on the speed sensors, see if it improves in the next 15-20 minutes or so. It's looking slow toward the M25 at Brickett Wood. The A405 in particular round the Junction 21A roundabout is slowing up. If you're joining the M25, anti-clockwise is busiest from Maple Cross to the M4, Junction 17 to 15. Now the M40, we've got a few delays heading toward London around Junction 2 at Beaconsfield from there through to Junction 1A got a few delays it's speed sensor suggesting it's taking about 10-15 minutes to get through looking at the cameras quite possibly a blockage through there so i'll do some investigation work on that and see what i can bring you the a1 in toward london around boreham wood the holiday in through to the a41 at mill hill there's a fair bit of a queue on the cctv cameras around there trains doing fine tubes though piccadilly line still severe delays because of signal failure at green park adam glynn bbc three counties radio thank you very much adam Right, 8.16. It's uh, Friday the 12th of April. These are the headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents will hand in a petition asking for two councillors to leave their jobs because they say not enough's being done about prostitution in Luton's high town. Dementia UK says provisions need to be made at entertainment venues across the three counties so people are more tolerant of those with dementia. In sport, Luton Town are without club captain Ronnie Henry for tonight's match against Grimsby. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks set to see wintry showers across many areas, some bright or sunny intervals developing, although the cold breeze will continue. Maximum temperature is 8 degrees. Coming up, cinemas should be more inclusive to dementia sufferers. That's what a leading dementia charity has told BBC Three Counties this morning. We'll find out more before 8.30. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Weekends on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every Saturday morning from six, David Prever. Saturday morning is without question the best part of the week. I still feel as though I'm a kid on Saturday mornings. David Prever. We'll set up your day just as we would on a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday morning, but I will have a lot of fun and play a lot of music too. Every Saturday morning from six. BBC Three Counties Radio is at its best for me when I hear a great story that I can't wait to tell my wife, when I feel as I'm eavesdropping on a conversation that I probably shouldn't be listening to. David Prever. Every Saturday morning from six. On BBC Three Counties Radio. David Prever. Jonathan Vernon Smith has joined me in the studio. You're very bouncy this morning. Bouncy? Bouncy, like a a, a little fat. No, 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 not at all. You're like a little puppy. Like a puppy. You keep dry humping my leg. No, you can, <laughs> you're just very bouncy and energetic and happy. It's lovely to see. Oh, that's very nice. Wonderful Thanks to see. Thanks very much. I've been enjoying your show. You, I tell you, you sound what, surprised. You have got some uh, some amazing musicians coming up later on. I've really? just heard them on my way down. They're a fantastic. Clarinet quartet. My word. Bit of class. Yes. We feel we need to kind of raise the standard just at the last ten minutes to try and meet you, meet your standard a bit. Oh. You're, you're so far above us. This is just nonsense. No, no, you, don't be silly i'm i am being silly uh you're, gonna, you're living on 53 quid a week yes i've had i've had mince and mash and peas three nights running and that's what i've got to look forward to for my dinner tonight but how much are you are you within budget you're doing you're doing well yeah yeah i've got 19 quid left i've only got three days left oh i have a spend up on sunday yeah mind you i still at the end of the week i've got to take into account things like my loo rolls oh. my soaps yes shampoos yes toothpaste things so like that you're not so, going to have much left so well potentially not but we'll see how it's gone I've, I've been I've done very well I've had a lot of abuse from who a lot of people very annoyed why they're just picking holes in everything oh yeah but you're not taking into account your cat well actually I am yeah. I've taken a couple of quid off for my cat um, and you know oh yeah but what about your mobile phone hello if you're living on 53 pounds a week can you afford a mobile phone that's the question I ask can mm. you can you well, uh, I'm getting a lot of abuse on Twitter and on. But you've Facebook. had so, you had a nice person come up to you the other day, didn't you? He's coming out yesterday. Yeah. A delivery driver. Yeah. He arrived at the radio station. He said, "Jonathan, how's it going? Living on fifty-three quid a week?" I said, "Well, it's all right." He said, "Well done." Well done. That's you. very nice. It's, 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 it's an interesting social experiment. Just think, if you'd filmed it, it could have been on BBC Two. <laughs> you missed, Another lost opportunity. You missed, you missed out there. What's coming up on your show this morning? Well, I've been very interested in your discussion this morning about uh, this Ding Dong the Witch is Dead song. Yes. And whether the BBC will play it this weekend or not on the Top 40. The song is already... The Top 40. In the... Uh, what? Sorry. What's wrong with the... On the Hot 100, the Hit Parade. Well, isn't it the Radio 1 Top 40 countdown? It, I don't, that's probably what it's called, yes. OK. And then it'll be on Top of the Pops on Thursday. Yes. Uh, the song's already in the Top 5, ahead of the weekend's official chart show results. Since the news of Margaret Thatcher's death, we've seen street parties from Brixton to Scotland, teachers starting Facebook pages encouraging people to celebrate. Today, the Daily Mail is reporting that a police officer from Mil- Milton Keynes tweeted of Margaret Thatcher's passing, I hope her death was degrading and painful well this morning i want to hear your thoughts are you sick if you celebrate margaret thatcher's death i was really interested in your comment earlier mm. when um when that lady was talking about saddam hussein dying mm. and the fact that uh, you know, people celebrated everyone you, celebrated she said and you said 
I didn't celebrate. No. In fact, you know, I'd, I'd, I found it rather unpleasant. His, I thought it was a vicious, horrible circus that that descended into, and we are better than that. Yes, well, I wonder whether if you celebrate somebody's death, no matter who they are, no matter whether you've agreed with what they've done in their life or not, are you ultimately a pretty sick person? People who are downloading this song, Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead, are mm. they sick? Are they Osama Bin Laden, I didn't celebrate that death either. No? No, I didn't celebrate it. I, 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 no, I didn't celebrate it, because, again, I thought that, that we, supposedly, we, I don't quite know what I mean by that, but are better than that. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views. Are you sick if you celebrate Margaret Thatcher's death, or do you think, sick? Hang on a minute. This is a woman that did all kinds of damage to this country, and if people want to celebrate the fact that she's no longer with us, that doesn't make you sick. I want your view on the big phone-in from nine. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I'm going to keep staring at you. Why are you doing that? Because you're beautiful. Oh, you're very creepy. Oh. <laughs> what is that? That was that was, <laughs> that was supposed to be a smooth jingle. This is our political reporter Paul Scoynes on his harmonium or something. That's the music you have to walk out of the studio to. Go on, <laughs> go on. Paul Scoynes playing this. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> it was meant to be this. This is on BBC. Oh dear. Radio. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. I'm trying to be all smooth and slick. This is the problem. When I try and be smooth and slick, I end up with egg on my face. If you or a family member has dementia, learning difficulties or a disability, you may have felt reluctant to go to the cinema or the theatre. Well, now the charity Dementia UK is calling for more entertainment venues to become more inclusive and consider the needs of others. The comments come following the end of a successful dementia-friendly cinema project at Luton Library Theatre. Members of the audience are free to sing along or wander around during the film. Our reporter, Sophie Solaria, went down to the Library Theatre in Luton for one of the last dementia-friendly screenings. I have worked with dementia people anyway before, because I worked at the hospice and it does help them, doesn't it? In your experience, when you put on an old film for somebody with dementia, does that bring them back to life? Yeah, I think so. They get them to sing old songs that they remember and some of them will actually get up and they can remember all the words and things, so I think it does help a lot. I think I would be a bit irritated, quite honestly. (laughs) I think knowing it's a special showing for people like that, it would help to make them more I'd, I'd go if I knew it was. But we hadn't, we hadn't planned to come knowing it was. No. So you it weren't aware? Specific, no, no, we weren't. No. It doesn't say anywhere on that programme. It doesn't say? No. Does it annoy you that you found out? I suppose it does in a way. I'll move back a bit. Yes, I yeah. probably wouldn't have come if I'd have known. No. I'm sure these ladies here won't be very pleased either. Oh. A lady has just got up and left because she's realised it's uh, dementia friendly. Well, that was Sophie Soleri reporting there. With us now is Dee Davison from the Cinema Exhibitors Association, representing the interests of UK cinema operators. Morning, Dee. Good morning. Uh, Dee, cinemas such as The View in Watford have, have recently started rolling out autism-friendly screenings. Why, why did they do that, and how successful have they been? Do we know? Uh, well, yeah, we've, um, we've actually had um, a really good feedback from, from all of our audiences who've gone to... Um, autism-friendly screenings. There's more and more cinemas um, doing this now. And the reason we do it is, is basically we, we believe strongly that the, the big screen is the best place to watch a film. And cinemas want to make sure that everyone can do that. 
So um, by running autism-friendly screenings, we're allowing people to come to the cinema who, who may find the traditional cinema setting not suitable for them. So what sort of behaviour would be tolerated in an autism screening that perhaps wouldn't be tolerated at other times? Well, what, what autism-friendly screenings do is, um, is basically they kind of, they, they're, set, they're, they're set in advance so that people have plenty of notice to plan their trips to the cinema. They have the lights on low, the sounds turned down a little bit, there tend to be no trailers. Um, and people are around, allowed to sort of move around and make a noise during the screening. So it's what we call a sort of sensory-friendly environment. It's mainstream, film, mainstream films which are shown, um, but it's, you know, it's an environment that, as I say, is more comfortable for people with autism or, or other conditions like that. What's, what would happen if... Uh, we talked about this in the office, and a couple of people are affected by this. They have friends or relatives who uh, suffer from... One suffers from Tourette's and one from cerebral palsy. Mm. Uh, and so they, they can be noisier than is normally accepted in a cinema if, if someone like that went to your average screening of oh, i don't know shrek 3 mm. and they were being a bit noisy what would happen would the cinema ask them to leave i mean it, you know it depends on on the on the severity of you know what what the situation is so you know if it was very disruptive and it was in a normal screening um and there was complaints from other audience members then of course the cinema's got to um you know meet the needs of everybody there so um, you know, it, it does depend on a case, it'd be taken on a case-by-case mm. basis, I suppose. But, you know, because these screenings have been so successful, more and more cinemas are starting to put them on. Um, and it's not, as far as I know, exclusive for people who have autism. So if there are other conditions um, that people have that are similar to that, and, you know, people might just want to move around or make more of a noise, then it's a perfect opportunity for people to come and be able to do that. It must be frustrating, mustn't it, for, for, for family members and people who suffer with uh, conditions like this, that, that, that they are excluded generally from something that we can all enjoy. Do you think we'll see more of these um, uh, special events being rolled out? Yeah, well, I know we're going to see more of them, actually, because, as you say, Views started to do it. And in, in, at the end of June this year, they will be going um, to all of their sites via two. So that's 78 cinema sites in the country. Um, and they will be running monthly autism-friendly screenings. On top of that, Odeon do it across their circuit, and Cineworld are going to be doing it at the end of May to 50-odd of their cinemas as well. Um, Empire cinemas also run them so we're seeing more and more cinemas kind of you know working together to try and program these um autism friendly screenings on different weekends of the month um so that people have as much opportunity as possible within the month to go and, and see you know see these films d thank you very much indeed excellent stuff there d davison from the cinema <coughs> excuse me exhibitors association uh, saying they're going to have more of these these uh, in inverted commas special screenings for people uh, w with autism and various other conditions Sounds like a fantastic idea. Wonderful. 08459 455 555. A lot to cram in the last 30 minutes of the show, including a little bit of music. Uh, we've uh, uh, got, got some fantastic music coming in. We're also asking, should the BBC play Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead, uh, which is, is, is rising up the charts as a protest or a celebration of Margaret Thatcher's passing, and also recycling. Justin Dealey, the heartthrob of BBC Three Counties uh, Radio, has admitted, no, 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 girl, I, don't, I don't do any recycling, I'm too busy. Well, you can either phone up and berate him or phone up and applaud him. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Which side of the dealy fence are you sitting on? Oh, I made myself chuckle with that. Doesn't mean anything. Sounds good though. Travel news. Adam Glynn. Beds.
Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still looking very slow on the M40 toward London. Delays from Junction 2 at Beaconsfield through to 1A at the M25. Average speeds have dropped to about 20 miles an hour and it's taking around 15 or 20 minutes to get through. I did have a look at that on the cameras. Possibly it was a rolling roadblock a little bit earlier, just before Junction 1A, quite possibly to recover some debris from the road, but it looks like traffic is at least moving through there now although quite slowly. On the M25, it's slow from Junction 17 at Maple Cross to 15 at the M4. Borehamwood is busy, the A1 queuing southbound from the Holiday Inn Junction through to the A41 at Mill Hill. On the trains, still no problems. On the tubes, though, Piccadilly Line continues to run with severe delays because of a signal failure at Green Park. That means tickets are valid on buses, Greater Anglia and First Capital Connect rail services. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Coming up to 8.30, time for the news and sport with Serena Farrow. Getting better. Heads, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, residents who describe High Town in Luton, where they live, as worse than a war zone, want their two councillors to leave their jobs. A petition's being handed in because they want prostitution in the area to be controlled. A 62-year-old man arrested in connection with an attempted kidnap of a Milton Keynes girl has been released on police bail. Now, as a friendly cinema project in Lucia for dementia people is about to come to an end, a charity says there needs to be more available for those with dementia. Dementia UK wants entertainment venues to be more tolerant. And the Office of Fair Trading has started an inquiry into mobile phone games aimed at children which have landed some parents with huge bills. And finally, on today's JVS programme, he'll be asking, are you sick if you celebrate Thatcher's death? All that and more from Nine. That's the news. Now let's turn to the morning sport. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Salute in town without club captain Ronnie Henry for this evening's home match against Grimsby in the conference. Henry actually went in for a hernia operation yesterday. Grimsby, though, are currently in the playoffs. And defender Scott Griffith says he's not worried about that. Whether it's the top of the league or bottom of the league, it's... There's, there's, you've still got to go out and beat 11 players they can be a poor team on the day or they can be a great team on the day as long as we know what we're doing as long as we're on the ball as long as we uh, know our jobs and do what we do then any other team will find it hard to beat us Staying locally and looking ahead to tomorrow around 4,000 Watford fans are expected to travel to their vital championship match at Peterborough though there'll be no pay on the gate The Hornets are three points off of an automatic promotion place with five games remaining So does manager Gianfranco Zola believe they can claim a crucial top two spot which will then secure promotion The team will uh, will give everything and will, will do well uh, Whether it's going to be enough or not we don't know because obviously we have to see what uh, Al is going to be able to do that in the in the, in the last five games. But uh, I'm sure my team will uh, will do will play. I will give it a, will give it a, the best shot. It's also a vital one for MK Dons in League One. The Dons are at Leighton Orient, four points off the playoffs with only four games to go. And last night, Chelsea are the only British side left in Europe this season after both Tottenham and Newcastle were knocked out of the Europa League. Chelsea are through to the semis after beating Ruben Kazan 5-4 in aggregate, despite losing 3-2 in Russia. And speaking of the Blues, the midfielder Frank Lampard's welcomed the news that goal line technology will be used in the Premier League from next season. He famously had a goal not given against Germany in the World Cup when he was playing for England back in 2010. That was despite replays showing the ball had clearly crossed the line. BBC Three Counties Radio, there'll be more from me at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Justin, do you like to go out fishing? So, uh, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555. Should the BBC play Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead? The song is surging up the charts because of a campaign by critics of Lady Thatcher. Loads of you have been having your say on Facebook about this. I'll read some of your uh, comments soon and speak to music journalist Jonathan Wingate. Musical Friday, going to be joined by a clarinet quartet from Bedfordshire. Very, very cultured. Yeah, that's right. Um, tonight, there's a bonus three-county sport as Luton play host to Grimsby. You can hear the whole match live on FM, AM, AM, online and digital radio from 7pm with three-county sport. Now, critics of Margaret Thatcher are trying to get Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead to the top of the charts this weekend. The song from The Wizard of Oz, currently at number 10 in the official charts. Well, do you think the BBC, BBC should play it? Our reporter, Justin Dealey, is in St Albans this morning. Have you been too busy, Justin, or have you managed to speak to some people? <laughs> easy, easy now. I'm actually going to go back and uh, replay some audio from the first hour from our radio car here in St Albans. It's Molly. Um, quite controversial, this. I spoke to Molly in the first hour at about 6.30. Now, she has downloaded this song, and I asked her why. Basically... I've always grown up with my parents talking about Margaret Thatcher and about how she ruined Britain as it was. Um, for the working class, my family are working class, we work every day of our lives and barely make it anywhere, so I think I'm just kind of happy that she's gone. So your parents are saying that, but, yeah. but you specifically, what do you know about Margaret Thatcher, if anything at all? Because that's the point though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. You're, you're buying this song, but you know nothing about her. I Basically, I know what I've been told and what I've seen. I know she did a lot of good things or well she thought she did a lot of good things with the oh I'm trying to remember everything it's not good uh, this early in the morning anyway um, but just lastly let, let me ask you this are you almost embarrassed that, that you're celebrating somebody's death um, yes and no I would never openly go about saying how much I hate her because of her family and things like that but I think everyone's allowed their private opinion on anyone basically yeah. I mean everyone was glad when Hitler died everyone was glad when Saddam Hussein died you can't stop people being glad when people that have done things that have impacted others in a negative way are dead you can't always help the way you feel about things like that a lot of people are very unhappy about the BBC playing this if it is number one this Sunday should the BBC play this record Yes, uh, freedom of speech, freedom of rights, everything. Yeah, if you, they want to play it, then they play it. So that was Molly in the first hour. Again, not convinced on, on what she was saying there, what she was saying. I, I can't really remember, but, but clearly she has gone out. She has downloaded this song like thousands of people have. I've got to, I've got to say, I'm supposed to be impartial, but listen, I've got to say, listen, if you lived through the 80s and uh, suff- or, or, or suffered the, the immediate consequences of, of what you perceive as Thatcher's wrongdoings, then yes, of course, you have every right to be critical of her. If you're just jumping on a, on a bandwagon mm. uh, and you, you can't even remember why you don't like them but hey it's trendy because I'm yeah. a young person not to like someone the evil old so and so I'm sorry that doesn't wash with me that's not good enough if you've got strong valid reasons for not liking her then that's wonderful and y- you know you can hold on to those but otherwise no don't just jump on a bandwagon well it's the big issue isn't it I mean Molly there in her early 20s again like many young people going out buying this celebration song if you like and they don't really know why uh, that was reaction in the first hour Ian yep. I've been getting more reaction in the last 20 minutes or so and this is what people have had to say. Natasha, you haven't downloaded the song yet, but you're going to this weekend. It's probably going to be number one. Why are you going to download that song? 
because it's just a funny thing and it's a bit like, you know, what everyone else is doing. Madam, it's looking like this song's going to be number one on Sunday. Um, what do you think about people who are downloading this record in their thousands? To be quite honest, I don't think they even know what they're talking about. It's, they've all just jumped on the bandwagon. Um, they don't have their own opinions, so they're picking up everybody else's. Yes, at the time, she did a lot of good and a lot of bad. But I don't understand why the teenagers today, who haven't got a clue what's going on about it, seem to think it's all right to do it and riot. Does it make you angry? It makes me sad that the society we're in, they can do something like this. You haven't downloaded it. No. What's your thoughts on those that are downloading this? Um, I think they should keep their opinions to themselves. Mm-hmm. I think if they're not happy with her, um, I don't go around shouting what I think. And I just don't think they should shout around and... I think it's disgusting. <laughs> well, an interesting mix there, and, and, and a couple of people kind of backing up what I was saying, really. Well, that person, first of all, saying, well, it's what everybody else is doing. Well, does that make it right? Probably not. I mean, if it is going to be number one this Sunday, Radio 1 have got to play it, really, because it is the UK's number one record, if it does make number one. But for the first time ever, they will have a reporter explaining why this song has made it to number one. That will be absolutely fascinating to here. Will they be playing it on Top of the Pops on Thursday, Justin? <laughs> top of the Pops. Long live Top of the Pops. Long live Top of the Pops. Justin, excellent stuff as always. Thank you very much indeed. Joined now by Jonathan Wingate, who's a music journalist. Good morning, Jonathan. Good morning, Ian. Do you think the BBC should play Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead? It's so difficult, isn't it? Uh, um, I think this whole thing is a bit distasteful, I have to say. Someone is dead. Um, I don't understand the culture of paying to download something to prove that you hate someone don't understand that at all but i think the bbc have got to play it because the official charts are meant to reflect britain's uh, buying habits when it comes to music we- so i think it's very very confusing but i love you know the the whole point in in terms of what yours you just said the first girl that, that um, we interviewed there was that Molly. Yes, I mean she should be a news anchor woman for Newsnight, shouldn't she? I mean I've never heard anyone less sure of their own argument. <laughs> and in, it does in my seem it, it does seem well, of course prejudices get passed down through generations, but it, it does seem if you weren't if you weren't affected directly or, or kind of in the years after, then and you don't know why you don't like her, that is just bandwagon jumping, isn't it? It, it just I think it makes you look a bit silly. Really, I have to say, but I mean, for, I think it's it's from a musical point of view. I think it's fascinating that this song has that resonance. Um, there's a there's a, a more b- b- vitriolic song about Margaret Thatcher, which is "Tramping Down the Dirt" by um, Elvis Costello, um, and he's a proper artist. So mm. you know, he's allowed to you know that's twenty. What was that? 25 years old that song he's allowed to say that I just think these people who are doing this half of them don't even know why they're doing it the BBC know, I, I felt very uneasy seeing people you know jubilantly yes. uh, celebrating in the street someone's dead and again someone has just said this is it, 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 it um, didn't they someone was saying well it's kind of not exactly Hitler and um, mm. saying it's like what planet are people on the BBC can't win, can they? Because they if they don't, win. if they don't play it, Dan, oh, if do, Dan, censorship! If they, if they do play it, yeah. they've got the front page of the Daily Mail having a go at them. 
And the Daily Mail would never have a go at the BBC no. normally, would they? <laughs> they? They never would at all, would um, they? But the no. BBC, th- th- there is a history of banning songs. I was saying, obviously, God Save the Queen yeah. in 77, the Jubilee year, was, was, was banned. And I, I don't know if that was number one. It was top three. Uh, and also they banned songs Boom Bang A Bang by Lulu was banned during the Gulf War. Why was that banned? Because it's rubbish. <laughs> you can't diss Lulu. Uh, no, I wouldn't. But Boom Bang A Bang, uh, yeah, rubbish. Oh, uh, well, you know, Massive Attack, Ian. Yes. This is interesting massive attack had to change i was working my first music industry job i was working at virgin records um at that time and when the the gulf war started massive attack had to read the they're just about to release their first album which is the seminal blue lines mm. they had to rebrand it put a different cover on it and call themselves massive because you were same as that what you're saying you weren't allowed to use the word attack did they really how crazy is that and i've got a collect i've got a, a copy of the album with them being called massive i think with a, a different um cardboard cover. Jonathan, I'll race, I'll race you to write the book about bands changing their names and changing uh, lyrics. Of course, the, the Stones, when the Stones were trying to break the States, they, Ed Sullivan says, yeah, you can come on my show, but you can't, you, you can't sing Let's Spend the Night Together. So no. they, they change it to... So let's spend some time together. There we go, you see, exactly. There's a whole book in that kind of stuff. But the, 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 so the BBC, they're probably going to play it. They're going to um, preface it with um, one of their reporters, in inverted commas, from Newsbeat, explaining why the song is number one. That, I think that's the first time that's ever happened isn't it? I've, I've never heard of that before. I think they should get the first person on, Molly, to explain the, those, those brilliantly set out political arguments. You're very naughty. I don't understand. I don't understand why people... I understand people hating a political figure. Mm. I don't understand this... I, for a start, can I let you in on a secret? I've never downloaded anything. S- excuse me? Yeah, I wouldn't have a clue. Really? wouldn't have a scooby-doo. Yesterday I downloaded In Your Room by The Bangles. Right. <laughs> I did, it's no, true. No, no, I know the song funny yeah, enough. It's a good song. You just thought, I don't want to buy the album. Yeah, I just thought, I, I, just thought I need this, because for, for a project I'm working on, shall we say, Right. and I thought, I don't mind spending 79 pence on the bangles. So is I that down- what a song costs? 79p these days, yeah. That's, that's what a song is worth. See, that's I'm what so three tied, minutes of MP3 I, is. Yeah, I'm so tied to the physical artefact. Um, but I don't understand why you would say, look, I've done this. Is it so you can tell people about it at school or, or in the office or whatever? It's just an odd culture. Jonathan, listen, I appreciate talking to you. I, I am tied to the physical product as well. I've just had my shelves built for my CD rack. Oh, getting painted next week. Beautiful. Sean is from Marsh Farm. Sean, should the BBC play Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead? Yes, they, they should, Ian, and I hope it stays at number one for a few weeks to come. What, why should they play it? Well, um, um, I, I don't see any reason why they should not, because um, the, the Tory hierarchy, I mean, I'm 62, I went through the Maggie area, and uh, I can understand what some people are saying about youngsters just sort of, if you like, jumping on the bandwagon. But if my, my lad is 37, and uh, if he knows any about Maggie Thatcher, it's only because of me, and because of what I told him, and how cruel she was. I mean, I hated the woman with a passion, and I mean that. But and if I was given the opportunity to press the button to set the crematorium alight, I would gladly do it. That's how much I hated this woman. And I went through it. I know what I'm talking about. But, Sean, you say this, this, this song is, um, you hope it's at number one for a few weeks. Let's not forget, she is someone's mother and she is someone's grandmother. Yeah, but uh, with all due respect, and she didn't think like that when she imposed the poll tax on us or tried to impose the poll tax on us. 
she didn't think about anybody. I mean, do people realize, really know what the poll tax meant? I don't know if you did, Ian. And if you had a family of, um, let's say, six, mom and dad and four kids, if those four children were over the age of 18, every individual in that household had to pay council tax as we know it today. But the poll tax, it, 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 didn't, get, it didn't go through in the end, did it? The protests were. No, it worked. didn't go through in the end because there was massive protests about it. Yeah. But she was adamant that she wanted to do it. I mean, uh, that you could go on and on all day about Margaret Thatcher, but Margaret Thatcher, it was her way or no way. Listen to this, this is a comment... This, Ian, the, the, the original cabinet she had, she had not left. This Jeffrey is the... the Howe was the last guy Sean. she liked to go, and his uh, resignation speech in, in the House of Commons, that really put the knife into her. Sean, how, very quickly, very quickly. Uh, Sean. Despot. Sean. That's the way I saw her. She was a despot, well. Sean, let me just quickly read you one comment from Facebook. Susanna says, the BBC should not be playing this rubbish. Regardless of people's opinions on how Thatcher served us as Prime Minister, we need to simply remember the fact that ch- her children have lost their mother only a few days ago. Where has basic human morals and respect gone? Sean, where are your, your morals and respect? Well, my morals and respect are when I go back and listen to Margaret Thatcher once said there was no such thing as society. Society is you and I, Ian. You and I, my family, my parents who have gone, uh, my grandparents who have gone, my, my boy who's, who's married now. We are society. And she said we didn't exist. She actually said that. Ian Duncan Smith, the former leader of the uh, Conservative Party, wrote a book saying there is this thing as society. David Cameron said he wanted to create a big society. So why did she come out with that? We were meaningless to her. OK, we're going to we'll end it. It's, it d- that quote is, the, no such thing as society, it's slightly wrong, because I'm, I'm just trying to Google it. I can't remember how the quote ends. The sentence goes on, so it's not quite her saying there's no such thing as society. The sentence goes on a, a, a little bit longer. But, uh, Sean, I take your point. Thank you very much. JVS will be asking after nine, are you sick if you celebrate Thatcher's death? Right. Travel news now. Here's Adam Glynn. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. A5 southbound at Milton Keynes. The exit slip road is closed off because of a three-car accident at the A421. That's been blocked since around 8 o'clock this morning. All the emergency services are now on the scene and recovery has been requested, so police very much dealing with that. So, unfortunately, that means you can't leave the A5 southbound onto the A421 at present. If you're heading in toward London on the M40, we've still got delays. Junction 2 at Beaconsfield to 1A at the M25. Looking at that on the camera, things are moving, but very, very slowly. Possibly one lane blocked off for a time, but definitely it is all moving now. At the M25, anti-clockwise, still slow from Junction 17 at Maple Cross to 15 at the M4. The A1, as you get in toward London, in Edgware, is queuing between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Traffic's rather heavy around there. Trains across the three counties running without too many problems this morning. On the tubes, though, severe delays for the Piccadilly line because of a signal failure at Green Park. That means tickets are being taken on London buses, Greater Anglia and First Capital Connect services. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. 8.47, these are your headlines this morning. People want two local councillors to leave their jobs because they want them to take action against prostitution in Luton's high town. As a dementia-friendly cinema in Luton closes, a charity says there needs to be more entertainment for those with dementia. In sport, Luton Town are without club captain Ronnie Henry for tonight's match against Grimsby. Coming up, Musical Friday. Before nine, I'll be joined in the studio by a clarinet quartet from Bedfordshire. I can see them shuffling in very quietly now. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Before all of that, let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rosini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Hello, a very good morning to you. We've got plenty of showers out there. They're tracking the way eastwards at the moment. So we will see more showers popping up here and there through the day and they're likely to turn very heavy into the afternoon too with the chance of some hail and some thunder at times. But there will be some brightness and some sunshine in between and in the brightness then temperatures will rise to 10 or 11 degrees Celsius. That's 52 in Fahrenheit. Just watch out for some of these showers. They could be very heavy in places, possibly causing a bit of surface water into tonight's rush hour. Um, So this evening and overnight then, the showers will gently fade away. It could actually be a fine end to the day for many of us across the three counties. And then tonight, staying dry, a few mist patches forming underneath the clear spells. Temperatures dropping lower than they did last night, down to three or four degrees Celsius. So the weekend then, it is looking quite mild. We've got a warm front headed our way on Saturday. That's going to give us outbreaks of light rain and some fairly brisk southerly to southeasterly winds on Saturday too. So not the better looking day of the weekend. That's a prize definitely saved for Sunday. Now on Sunday, it's not going to be wall-to-wall sunshine. There'll be quite a lot of cloud around. The sunshine will peak through at times. I think it will be quite hazy in nature, so it's not exactly blue skies. But temperatures where we do get some sunshine could rise to the mid or even the high teens in Celsius, which of course would be very nice. It'll feel a touch cooler into next week. I'm settled for the first few days. Looks like it's going to be beautiful for next weekend too. That's the forecast. Thank you. BBC Introducing. BBC Introducing is your chance to hear unsigned, undiscovered and under-the-radar music on BBC Three Counties Radio. We showcase the best emerging talent from across beds, hearts and bucks with live sessions and exclusive recordings. And this Saturday, we're taking BBC Introducing to the Hat Factory in Luton for a free night of live music. Tune in or come down and discover music you never knew existed. BBC Introducing this Saturday Saturday night from 8 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Got some music coming up in a second, but before this, we've been discussing recycling today as St Albans spends £300,000 on food recycling bins. We're asking, is it worth it? But during that conversation, we discovered that our uh, roving reporter, Justin Dealey, doesn't do any recycling at all, Justin. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. And, and this is because... Uh, because I'm a little bit too busy. I know that sounds really arrogant, very, very It does. Harsh, sounds very arrogant, yes. <laughs> okay, we're not in court, uh, but um, yes, sadly I don't. Okay, well, just stay there a second. Jane's in Ellsbury. Good morning, Jane. Good morning. What do you think about recycling and food recycling? I think everybody should do it. I think if you don't do it, you're just lazy, you're... Um, you just—it's not rocket science. You—you put a—you put the caddy on the counter, and you, if you've got children, you put a little note that says, "Feed me, feed me food, feed me and now. get the children to get to do the recycling." Well, Justin, well, Justin, I know doesn't have children, but Justin, it's, as someone mentioned earlier on, it's not—it's not rocket science. You just got—you got one bag. You put it, you put your rubbish out every week, don't you? Uh, yes, yes, eventually, yeah. Well, so then, what's the problem with putting out a little bit of? Of uh, the recycling. Yes, I Come know. Come on, Justin. I, 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 all right, Jane. As it's you, <laughs> but Jane, only as it's you, okay, and not Ian. I will do it for you, Jane. I'll make an effort this week for you. Thank all you. All right. Yes. Someone is, uh, is uh, Claire Muldoon has tweeted. Is Justin grumpy just because his name rhymes with the type of bin? <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, we'll ignore that one. Moving on. On a text. I'm with Justin. I don't recycle anything. It's a waste of time. Most of it's probably shipped to China for them to burn. <laughs> I don't pollute the air anyway. I, I'm not going to sit here, and, and, and I'm sure that, that most people who don't recycle, we're not going to sit here and say it's a waste of time. But you've got to admit, Ian, you've said yourself this morning when it comes to, to food recycling, you can't be bothered. Dave, you can't be bothered yourself. David's not happy with you, Justin. Listen, listen to this, Jane. David says on the text, I live in central beds and recycle food. It massively reduces my black bin rubbish and also exactly. eliminates flies and maggots in hot weather. Exactly. He then goes on to say, Justin Dealey is being ignorant. Yeah. I may not listen to his Saturday morning music show tomorrow <laughs> in protest. <laughs> hey, listen, maggots, maggots have got nothing to do with three hours of great music tomorrow. So don't worry, all right? And Nick and Hitchin says, I'm with Justin. I don't recycle anything. I don't have time or any interest in it. Those that do have too much time on their hands. I pay the council to take my rubbish away in their big truck. If they want to recycle it, that's up to them. I'll, I'll tell you something, Ian. Yes, Jane. I will tell you something. Buckinghamshire has upped its recycling in the food department by 80% since we've had these bins. Great stat. And we're on, we're on the top of the top of the list for recycling in the county. All right, Jane, listen, I, I don't think you've convinced... We've not convinced you, have we, Dealey? Um, I'm going to give it an effort next week. I, I, mm. I will certainly try. It's all very much tongue-in-cheek this morning, so if you are a, a big recycler, don't be offended. I am going to try oh, it in the near future. Such a smooth what, dog. In, what, once I do it once, I will never ever go back. Thank you very much, Justin Dilly. What time is your show on tomorrow, by the way? It's on between uh, nine and midday, three hours of fantastic music. Anything goes from 1950 to 1989. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Anything goes apart from Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead. Good morning, it's music time. This week we're joined in the studio by, uh, we've got four clarinetists. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, you're called Cadenza, you're from Bedfordshire. Let's go, let's start from left to right. Let's have names and introductions, please. Okay, hi, I'm Charlotte Sear and I work for Little Music Service. Ooh. I'm Helen Ronald, and I work for the Little Music Service also. I'm noticing a pattern here. I'm Kerry Gobindram. I used to work for Bedford Music Service, and now I work in a special needs school in Kempston. Okay. And I'm Jackie Frost, and I don't work for Bedford Music Service. I'm an independent music teacher. Jackie, you've got you've got like a super clarinet. Is that the technical term for it? It's huge. I've never seen anything like it. It's a bass clarinet. Fantastic. Is it, is it hard to get on and off the bus with that, or does it break down? It does break down. <laughs> How did the four of you get together? Um, in 2007, Jackie decided that she wanted to set up a clarinet quartet. We all teach every day, and we wanted to do a bit more playing. Um, our first gig was at the Bedford River Festival, um, and since then we've played at various weddings, charity functions, at places including Luton Who and Moggahanger Park. I'm going to shut up. I love the sound of the clarinet. I'm going to love the sound of four of them. Get yourself ready. Get in your positions, please. Thanks, Kelly Betts. Maybe you could have warned me you were going to do that, and I could have turned that microphone down. That would have been uh, a useful little tip. Take it away, please. Away you go.
Fantastic. That was wonderful. That was excellent stuff. Superb. Listen, we're running out of time. I, oh, oh, can we get another song in a second? Is that doable? If people want to find out more about Cadenza and, and possibly book you for a wedding or something like that, where, have you got a website? Where can they find you? Yeah, it's cadenzaclarinetquartet.co.uk. It's a fantastic sound. I, I don't know if you're married or if you've got partners. Do, do they mind when you when you practice? Are they kind of like, oh, not, not your flipping clarinet mates again, for goodness <laughs> sakes? Or do they enjoy it? No, they all enjoy, enjoy it. it. That's a relief. Even my neighbour. Oh, really? <laughs> Oh, no, love it in the summer, don't they? No, it, it does sound fantastic. Listen, we're gonna, if we can get another song, we may go to the travel uh, and use you as the, the bed for the travel, if that's OK. Don't think I'm being yeah, disrespectful. Fine. I know it'll impress Adam. He'll think we've gone all classy and posh. What's the last song we've got for, you've got for us today? Um, it's called The Flower Duet by Delibes. It's a much more classical style piece. OK, if you see me start talking, I'm just going to the travel, so carry on playing. Away you go. <laughs> way to end the show we'll keep them playing in the background cadenza uh, let's get the latest travel here's adam glynn adam over to you thank you very much i feel like i should do this in a much more slow and relaxed manner the A5 through Milton Keynes, unfortunately, southbound the exit slip is still closed off at the A421 because of an accident with three cars involved. Recovery's been requested for that and the emergency services are on the scene. M40 starting to get back to normal now, London bound between Junction 2 at Beaconsfield and 1A at the M25. Still a little bit slow. On the tubes, the Piccadilly line running with severe delays because of signal failure at Green Park. Tickets are being accepted on the buses, Greater Anglia and First Capital Connect train services. We have had some reports that unfortunately people have been stuck on tubes for about 40 minutes, so it's not looking great there. Thankfully, trains are running without any problems. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Fantastic stuff. Thank you very much indeed. Just give us the website one more time so people can go and have a, a, a quick look at you after the show. It's um, cadenzaclarinetquartet.co.uk. Excellent stuff. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for coming in. What a, what a fantastic way to end the show and end the week. I'll be back on Monday at 6 o'clock. JVS is up next. It's not often I say this, but Jonathan, beat that. Have a lovely weekend. Ta-ta. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It would be difficult. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Everyone was glad when Hitler died. Everyone was glad when Saddam Hussein died. You can't stop people being glad when people that have done 